Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Come into the office. Actually, we're going to come into this other room. We're going to try something different today. Oh, okay. What, what, what's going on? Well, look, we've we've tried lots of conversations and lots of other therapies, but today we are going to try something a bit different. We are going to have a group therapy session. What? Yeah, look, come into this room. I'm going to introduce you to some other people here. You just take that seat over there between oh. those two gentlemen. There we go. Okay. So, everyone, this is Paul, but I'll go around the room and I shall introduce everyone and please say hello and we'll then get started after the introductions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, on my left here, I have Mr. Sean Ross. Hello, Sean. G'day. Oh, Australian, maybe. Uh, Sean. You are a man afflicted with the worst case of the Batman phase that I have seen <laughs> as a therapist in my entire career, ever. Uh, so thank you for joining us in this group therapy session. Uh, over here, we have Mr. Shag Matthews. Hello, Shag. I just want to make it perfectly clear, I'm only here because my parole officer is making me do this. Uh, yes, well, just so everyone is aware, you have the multiple personality disorder, and uh, all of them exactly the same, all of them utterly repugnant. Um, so, yeah, uh, Mr. Siskoid here. Hello, Mr. Siskoid. I'm here to fight. I'll fight anyone. Oh, uh, well, the good news for you is that you do not have DCOCD. Uh, the bad news is you have every other type of OCD. Uh, and look, <laughs> hey, put, put away your laptop. I can see you blocking about this conversation right now. And I would like you to stop, please. Put it away. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, here we have Miss Laurel Phillips. Hello, Laurel. Hello, Doctor. How are you? I, I'm very well. Thank you for joining the, the, the group therapy session this morning. Uh, Laurel. <sighs> The most disturbing, unfortunately, of the entire group. You seem so nice, so kind, and diplomatic. Honestly, a little bit too nice. My preliminary diagnosis is that you have intense suppressed rage, and one day you will slap and obliterate everything around you. Hopefully, that might include the long box crusade people. Uh, and everyone, uh, can, can I can I can I move my seat a couple seats away from Laurel, please? Whatever makes you comfortable, Mr. Matthews. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, and every, everyone, this is this is Paul. Uh, say hello, Paul. Uh, hey, everyone. Paul, uh, as you and I have often discussed, your DC OCD is, in my professional opinion, untreatable. But treating you and documenting it for my colleagues has funded three of my personal investment properties in the last few <laughs> years. So I feel it's definitely <laughs> worth assisting with. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Um, so, okay, let's talk about our DCOCD as a group. Who would like to start? Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Uh, uh, uh. Come on. Uh. Check it out. There's something going down tonight. The word's gotten around and everyone's hype. So when we're done and we punch the clock, we feel defeated in days Then we need to find a place We can beat the malaise Or look out when they wild With intensity And lift the whole crowd To the nth degree See, I've been working myself today And I'm just trying 
and welcome to DCOCD, the DC Events Podcast. And it's the end of our season and we're going to do something special and something different. So if you've been paying attention to our previous episode and keeping up to date, you would know that we're doing an event bracket tournament. And I've run out of words for that today. So uh, we have, I have special guests who uh, have already been introduced, but we are going to go around and work out which is the best DC event from the 32 that I have randomly selected. Actually, I, you know, it's a curated list. I'm trying to include a bit of everything and some things that I know will not go anywhere or are really similar to other things I've excluded from the list. So that's how this decision was made. But we're going to start. So if you've gone to our website, you can do this right now. You can pause the podcast and go for waitingfordoom.com and uh, you'll see a thing for the event bracket and you can look at the tournament uh, bracket list and it's got two columns, uh, events down one side, events down the other side and uh, they're all going to meet in the middle with the best two fighting to see which is the best one. Yeah, and so I'll kick things off. Now, firstly, we're going to discuss JLA Avengers, uh, a mild, you know, it's a minor event, no one likes it, and Millennium. So, Laurel, what is your feeling about this, too? Okay, well, here's part of the problem. I don't have access to the JLA Avengers. So what I did was I went back and re-listened to your program. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Laurel, do you, would you like to go last on this one? And maybe I'll jump down to Sean. Yeah, because that's, I like I said, I had to go back and listen to your episode. Excellent. Sean, what do you think about JLA Avengers or Millennium? Which is the best? So this is a challenging first round. No, it's not. It's, it's not a challenge at all. It is George Perez versus 80s Joe Staten, where every character looks like the bastard son of Phineas Ferb and Stewie. Uh, I've never seen so many triangular triangular heads in my life. Um, no shade to Joe Staten. He's a great artist, but not his best work. Millennium has a very cool premise. Who's a manhunter? I'm a manhunter. Shag's a manhunter. We've always known. JLA Avengers is a seminal, once-in-a-lifetime event. They reprinted it when George Perez was ill, and... They, it should still be in print. It is an unbelievably well-written, beautifully drawn event by Busick and Perez. I have no shade to Englehart and Staten. Millennium has a fun premise, but the biggest thing to come out of it was New Guardians. And the less we talk about that, the better. Though Snowflake, the cocaine-driven villain, is you know amongst the pantheon of DC's best. <laughs> JLA Avengers takes the win. Okay. Shag, do you have a dissenting opinion on this? Do you have an opinion? Oh, I have an opinion, all right. So I, this is actually one of the hardest brackets to start with, believe it or not. Because what? first off, I, I I know, I know. First of all, I want to say you guys have a wonderful show. I absolutely love DC OCD. I truly do. And these rules you defined for you work quite well for you. However, <laughs> you made the mistake of inviting outsiders for this bracket. And we don't have to play by your rules. And in this case, JLA Avengers is awesome. It's gorgeous. It's fun. It is a fantastic self-contained four-issue miniseries. So it is almost, almost not an event, as far as I'm concerned. The only saving grace that keeps it in the event bracket for me is that there was enough of a push between Marvel and DC publishing it together, so that does push it, I think, into the eventiness just by the thinnest hair. Because, I mean, the fact is, it's just four issues. They never plan for you to buy anything else. You don't need a checklist to keep up with it. There's no impact on DC Universe. None of it. Now, the art's off the charts, though, versus Millennium, which you do need a checklist to keep up with. Every single week, in fact, it is a broad scope, a huge depth. Every single character book was supposed to be impacted. That's a huge, huge event. However, at the end of the day, since I, I am willing to give it just enough of an eventiness because of the Marvel and DC connection, JLA Avengers will blow it away. It will absolutely destroy Millennium. But man, it almost didn't. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Okay, uh, Cisco, do you have uh, where, where are you on this one? Well, it I'm, I'm with Shag, except I'm not, as which is the usual for us. <laughs> we have the same opinions for different reasons, and then come to different conclusions. And in this case, <laughs> I agree, JLA Avengers. If we're talking about what is the best story, what is the best comic? It, no question. Which is the best event? I I don't think JLA Avengers counts. It's an event in the sense that it's a marketing event, if you will, you know. But that's not that, that, that no. If you had DC versus Marvel in here, I don't think it'd go too far. But at least it had you know amalgam coming out of it. It had uh, there's even a Green Lantern a Silver Sto- Silver Surfer story that sort of ties into it. So yeah. I, but this, no. Uh, I'm giving it to Millennium, even though we all know Millennium's going to be, well, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how long Millennium lasts uh, if it <laughs> passes this this particular, um, you know, bracket. Okay. That that Canadian exchange rate is steep, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's brutal. <laughs> well, well, Laurel, what, what are your thoughts? Because uh, we, well, we aren't decided yet. Well, like I said, I, I went back and listened to what you folks had to say about these two events in your past episodes. And I can understand Shag's point of view because I did this same kind of debate with Kingdom Come, which we're going to talk about. And oh, yes, if this is in comparison as a similar kind of self-containing kind of thing, um, I think this is the first round. And I don't have a problem giving it to the JLA Avengers because it is such a superior product from what everybody's been talking about as far as art, writing, impact, as far as how much people enjoyed it when they read it. It's been very popular. People are demanding it still. So I have no problem giving it to JLA Avengers. Well, okay, JLA Avengers progresses. Well, I've just lost money at the bookies. Okay. Goodbye to all those lovely manhunters. We'll miss you. <laughs> all right, Shag, you are first on this one. No Man's Land and Heroes in Crisis. Shock me. Shock me. <laughs> <laughs> there are going to be some items on this bracket that I haven't read. Not many. I mean, I've read every DC event from 1985 up until probably about 2016 or so. No Heroes in Crisis, I've only read the first issue. I did not read the whole thing. However... I read enough to make my own judgment call, whether I cared about this event. And it was enough to me that I, I didn't care. I did actually read some of the follow-up stuff. I read The Flash, uh, whatever the, the one where Wally came after that, where he's trying to fix everything in the universe. Whereas No Man's Land is a massive event. Huge scope on that one. I mean, I mean, I remember going to Dragon Con and seeing some panels of the DC editors talking about the the just the flow charts they had to develop for a year long event crossing all those books, lots of checklists, huge impact. I mean, No Man's Land is is kind of the archetype for what a major event should be. Uh, I want to say No Man's Land was what the Spider Man authors actually used as a basis when they did write um whatever when Spider Man came back uh, and did uh, one day. more day or whatever it was. Yeah. And so to me, No Man's Land is amazing. Even if I liked Heroes in Crisis, there's no way that it could be No Man's Land. It's No Man's Land all the way. Okay. Cisco, your turn. I have no feeling whatsoever for No Man's Land because it's it, it happened after I stopped reading Batman books. At the same time, I do have feelings about Heroes in Crisis, and they're not Sean's. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> So No Man's Land would advance for me. Okay. Sean, 
Oh, don't say it like that. I hear the disappointment. I had a father. I've heard, I've heard male disappointment before. Uh, so I'm well, not angry Heroes, with you. I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed, I know. <laughs> Heroes of Crisis is one of the most beautifully drawn books ever. Clayman is phenomenal. The therapy sessions, I know people like to pull them out of context on Twitter, but they are really well written, cut to the core of the character. There is a lot of good in that book. Now, the big mistake of that book is picking Wally West as the one who has the breakdown, though the Jeremy Adams, Fernando Passerine flashbook we're getting right now is worth Heroes in Crisis having happen because it's the best flashbook in 30 years. Having you know said called, that, instead, instead of being called Flash, Flash Man, it's called Flash the Apology. So they're uh, trying no, to make up so, for in Crisis. It's so good. Okay, oh, having is. said all that, and I know everybody's expecting me to go Final Crisis or uh, uh, Heroes in Crisis on this. No Man's Land is a feat. It is. It's sprawling. Not every part of it is great. There are some, you know, two parters here and there that aren't as good as as others. But if you cut to the core of it, and you especially read the Greg Rucka written sections. And this is what placed Rucka as one of the best Batman writers of all time. No Man's Land has an incredibly powerful story with a heartbreaking climax. You know, one of the best Jim Gordon, Bruce Wayne moments of all time. And so I'm going to pro- probably surprise some folks. I'm going No Man's Land on this one. Whoa. Whoa. All right, Laurel. Uh, your, your vote won't count at this point, but let's hear what you have to say. Okay, I have no interest in Heroes in Crisis simply because everything I've heard, it sounds so depressing. (laughs) It's just, at this point, you know, when this came out, it was like, I I just don't want to read events just because they're events. Where No Man's Land, I actually read it after the fact. And yes, it is Batman-centric. So in some ways, it's going to have a weakness going further in the tournament as we go along because it is the Batman universe book. But it was such a big undertaking. It had to be so well-coordinated. It had excellent writers. So that is easily the one to go through for me, No Man's Land. Mm, Okay. Um, Sean, I just wanted to say that your argument was basically uh, about the Flash run being good was like, it felt really good when I stopped hitting myself with the hammer. Uh, <laughs> well, that's... it did, Paul. <laughs> it did. Okay. All right. We're on to the next one. So, uh, Sean, you get to go first. Um, Dark Knight's Metal versus <laughs> Thanks, Final Paul. Crisis. And this is not Death Metal. This is Dark Knight's Metal. So I just want to... There aren't... They are different, even though people are they? conflate them <laughs> because they came out back to back. So, But, but are they really? Yeah, are they really they... different? So I appreciate you letting me start on this one because I have no idea. I've read both of these multiple times, including in preparation for this podcast, and I still couldn't tell you what happened in them. I I actually went on Wikipedia to look at the plot of Dark Knight's Metal to help me, and I got lost in a Wikipedia entry. <laughs> so these are, are two really confusing events. Uh, they're events where the writers just got too clever by half. And they're writers I like. Scott Snyder, I love Grant Morrison. The art is transcendently beautiful in both. You know, Capullo versus J.G. Jones. They have the same strengths, art. They have the same weakness, inscrutable plots. Uh, at the end of the day, I had to just go with which one would I read again. And at the end of the day, for me, it was Final Crisis. Not by much. I mean, literally by like half a point. But I went with Final Crisis. And for the opposition, uh, Laurel. Well, Final Crisis broke me from reading events. <laughs> wow. 
There's no coming back from that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, Dark Knight's Metal was the first one I dipped my toe back in. So it's pretty easy for me to say Dark Knight's Metal. I had fun. I liked all the different Batman. I liked the idea that stories are important. The stories we tell each other are important. I like that Wonder Woman gets a key role in the end. It's her belief that she's not going to... Um, she's not going to fail her friends, and that's how we managed to, to win some of this. I just felt like there was so much in it. There were some interesting visuals. I mean, come on, baby dark side. You can't beat they, ba a baby dark side? How hysterical was that? <laughs> um, so it was stuff like that that I just absolutely get such a kick out of. And I followed it okay. Granted, I had to probably read it more than once. But I remember reading it and just having a really, really good time. And so, to me, that was the way to do an event. Right. Okay. So, that is confusing. Um, Siskoid. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I think you can beat Baby Darkseid, but it's kind of like killing Baby Hitler. Like, should you do it? Um, so, but uh, really, okay, Dark Knight's Metal, to me, is practically a parody of what DC has become. The dark, gritty DC universe that I do not like, uh, sort of ushered in, I think, by Jeff Johns, who's ripping arms off. And, you know, uh, we'll talk about Superboy Prime later. <laughs> and uh, so to me, it, it always looked, I don't know, I don't like the aesthetic. I just don't like the aesthetic of it. Whereas Final Crisis, I agree with everything that's been said about it being uh, confusing. But at the same time, there's stuff in there or extensions of it, like the Superman 3D book, or uh, just the, the 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 way that the uh, multiverse has been re-engineered in that, and like you know the map and all of this stuff. Uh, that I I still enjoy Final Crisis in moments, even though maybe I don't know how it all comes together necessarily. The same question that that Sean asked: Which one would I reread? That would be the one I would reread. I'm a Grant Morrison fan. Uh, much more than the—I'm not going to say Snyder, but the the DC universe as it exists during this period where metal was was written. So, Final Crisis for me. Okay, and now the question everyone is afraid of asking: Shaq, do you have an opinion? <laughs> I do, I do. So, uh, Dark Knight's metal has a unique distinction, uh, quite an honor, actually, uh, of being a DC event that I hold in such incredibly high regard that I was able to look at it and never mind. I'm full of crap. It's horrible. I, um, oh. every, everything Cisco had said is absolutely correct. It, it is, it is such the epitome of how far the DC universe went to that dark place and made it impenetrable to the point where I started reading it and I just couldn't care. Like, I could understand wait, what was wait, happening. Wait, 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 We're debating <laughs> this, right? Uh, technically, you could try and change my opinion, sure. I, okay. because, you know what, Laurel? Actually, Laurel, I'm going to give you a chance to change my opinion because what I'm up against is I'm being asked to choose between a paper sack full of poo or a paper sack full of poo that's on fire is what I'm being asked to choose between. <laughs> so change my mind, please. That's also how Shag <laughs> proposed to me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> true story. True story. <laughs> All right, Laurel, come on. Well, Change my mind, please. I just wanted to say the darkness in Final Crisis is still there. We've got oh, yeah. the death of new gods. Oh, We've yeah, got no. the dark side people are winning and the death of Batman. And we've got those horrible creatures from Future's End show up. Those 
beetle-looking weird things with the anti-life equations show up. I didn't understand the, the DC, excuse me, the 3D book absolutely made no sense. A cosmic vampire? What the heck is that? Our answer is to sing into a machine, and that's the magic answer to how we solve all this? Oh, oh, well, okay. I, you're, you're, I, convin- I, you're convincing me that Final Crisis is still the better place Yeah, to I have that. to say. Oh, right, I hold on. hated it. I couldn't understand. By the end of it, I didn't know what universes we were in because it kept cutting from one to the next to the next to the next, and it didn't bother to tell me which one we were in. No, right, I just, Laurel? uh-uh. All right, hold on. The guys, hold on. This is my turn. So, Laurel? Yep. You you have done your job. I hate Final Crisis with a passion. I read it once. It made no sense. There's a couple things I liked in there, like the stuff with the question and stuff like that. But for the most part, I hated Final Crisis. So you know what? I You have changed my vote. I will vote for Dark Knight's Metal so that it's a tie and it has to go to Paul to make the final decision. If I could just say one thing. <laughs> no. Final Crisis, final Crisis versus Dark Knight's Metal, it is, it is inscrutable versus inscrutable. But – Siskoid was right. Legion of Three Worlds, Perez art, and then you've got Superman Beyond. I love the singing to save the universe. And then the fact that the gravestone for Superman said to be continued is one of the best Superman moments ever. And and Batman, who Batman doesn't die, he goes back to the prehistory. And that makes Dick Grayson become Batman. And it's one of the best bits, best, best legacies that this had. So yeah. Okay, but I'll say one of the most embarrassing things in Final Crisis, though, is at Marsha Manhunter's funeral, they not only wish him well in, in, in the afterlife, they wish him a speedy resurrection. They, they're which, is, call- which is great, isn't it? But they're calling it out. <laughs> they're calling it out saying that we're so broken that death is a revolving door. So, no, my, my vote stands at Dark Knight's Metal. Laurel, you have changed it, so now it is two for two, Paul. Okay, well, it comes to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to look at it through a different lens and... Basically, my lens is that uh, Final Crisis gave us things like the House of Heroes, uh, Multiversity, and uh, you know the the way the multiverse is now. And I really, really hate all that. Whereas, <laughs> oh, 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 no. whereas you know, oh, I like no. Multiversity, but I don't like what other writers do with it going forward. And the House of Heroes, and you know, the fact that. There's just no handle on where different worlds end now. They all sort of just run into each other randomly. And, you know, there's no sort of structure behind, you know, the banging together of different characters from different worlds. It's it's not an event. It's just a a new way of telling stories that is confusing and not very well done. Um, Whereas Dark Knight's Metal gave us the Joker who laughed and then he went away. And that's the best thing about that. So... um, (laughs) So I'm going to make Dark Knight's Metal progress. Oh my gosh! Oh, that is a... I'm not going to call it an upset. I'm just going to say that I'm upset. The, the listeners are upset with all of you. <laughs> Frack is going to kill me. This is all Laurel's fault. I just want everyone to remember it is. Yeah, no. it is. So Paul is now my new best friend. Hey. Well, is it is it Laurel's fault or is it the fact that Shag has such a weak will? Mm, or, or, it's, or it's the way Siskoid put the grid together. Okay, okay, okay. No, let's address this right now. I help, I help Paul with this, but the grid is exactly this is his top spot versus his thirty second spot. No, 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 no. So this, these two were always going to be together (laughs) according to the ranking of DCOCD. These are not choices I would have made. And and Abin, Abin Sir died. The Green Lantern ring flew to you, Shag, and it went no, (laughs) no will, no will, (laughs) pal. 
I'll own that. All right. Okay, so Final Crisis was just that bad. Come on. No, it, it was. We've got to move this along. So, Cisco, Cisco, um, have you heard of these what? events? Have you heard of the death of Superman? And have you heard of the Day of Judgment? And do you have uh, an opinion between the two? Yeah, death of Superman or death of Hal Jordan, right? Um, or whatever we want to call it. It's not death. It's it's spectrization of <laughs> yeah. Hal yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Um, well, I, obviously, death of Superman is not. It's a very thin story. Uh, is as itself. It's just the you know those issues. Just the big brawl with Doomsday was created especially for this. Uh, it's pretty thin. But as an event that has repercussions. Uh, in the the so-called real world, you know, it's like people took notice of this. Uh, people wearing the armbands, you know, people bought out the issue, etc. Um, and some people still think that Superman's dead, probably, you know, because they <laughs> didn't keep up with it afterwards. Um, but we're the legacy of this uh, is still with us. I think we we you know we still have uh, Connor, we still have the, the Superboy that came out of of this event because I do count the uh, you know the, the, the the aftermath where Superman was replaced by four people. Uh, Steel is still remembered. Uh, I, mean, I wish he was used more in comics, but I think John Henry Irons is, is a character that most people like and would like to see have a bigger role in the DC universe. Um, so I, I'm, for me, that's death of Superman. Whereas day of judgment, things have been, you know, okay, let's do this. And maybe it, it restores Hal Jordan eventually in a way where it allows for that. But, uh, Things were more undone, less memorable. Death for me. Death for Cisco. Please. <laughs> Everyone chant. Um, Shag. Uh, Death of Superman is possibly the greatest accidental event. Because I don't think, if you look back at the history, they were just trying to get their monthly comics out. You know, They, they were just trying to say, what, what's our stunt we're going to pull this time to get some readers? They hadn't, until the news story started breaking, I don't think they had any clue how big this was going to be. And everything that came after it just kind of happened as they were going. It's like, oh, what do we do next? Oh, my gosh. Um, so it's pretty amazing that it was so successful, and yet it was kind of accidental. Now, Day of Judgment, that's no slouch. I like that miniseries quite a bit. Uh, there was a lot of cool stuff with the Sentinels of Magic and stuff with there. Um, but at the end of the day, if you have to battle the two, it's Death of Superman. has to win. And Laurel. Yeah, I kind of... Um on board. I liked Day of Judgment. I liked what they did with Hal Jordan as the Spectre. I thought that was a very interesting series that came out of this. Uh, they brought Blue Devil back. We had this exchange mm -hmm. with Faust and kills the Enchantress, but goes to visit June Moon, and, and there's that relationship going on, and it's got a lot of philosophical questions going on in it. But Death of Superman, despite being, you know, like Siskoid said, it's sort of a big brawl. It's not exactly an event, but it had such a big impact on uh, the DC Comics line. I mean, everybody was wearing the black armbands. We had the four series of the different, you know, who was going to be Superman come out of this. And so there's a lot more going on after this to sort of support it. Uh, Death of Superman was also, in my opinion, a big risk. I mean, DC was sort of, this was a big risk. They're going to kill off mm -hmm. Superman. They, you know, you never know how the public, we could have been so angry about it that nobody bought it or something, you know. It, it could have gone mm -hmm. very badly, but it did not because it was done quite well. The, the story goes on quite well. Superman is the big hero. So death of Superman for me. Mm -hmm. And 
Sean, the, the definition of impotence is having no say. So what do you say? <laughs> uh, th- wow. Thanks, Paul. Um, I just I want to give a shout out to Day of Judgment as well. It is a an underrated event. It's well written, well drawn. The covers are fantastic. It is nice to start the even though it kind of starts with the final night, but the path to redemption for Hal Jordan and then Laurel's right. The Spectre series by J.M.D. Mateus and Ryan Sook that comes out of it is really good. Very underrated. But Death of Superman, obviously, will take the day. The one shout out I want to give, I, I think all of you, what each of you said is correct. The the brawl itself, like, you know, Siskoid said, is sort of thin. But my favorite part of the event is the funeral for a friend. It's mm. that interim period between when he dies and when the four new characters come. I love that section. I love the deep character dive. I love the courage it took to dive into his supporting cast. And, you know, the momentum from the Death of Superman had me collecting that book for years and years and years. So it's an easy win for Death of Superman. But Day of Judgment, better than you remember. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll all be laughing when we watch the 30th anniversary of Day of Judgment specials come out. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, we're moving on. And uh looks like, Laurel, you are up first to talk about uh, Countdown versus Eclipso, The Darkness Within. Well... I tried to read Countdown um, not long after it came out, when it came out in trades. I could not get further than, like, the first trade. I I did give it an effort. I ended up just sort of skimming because I wanted to know what was going on with Kyle because that makes me happy. And it was just odd. And I thought, yeah, I'm glad I wasn't reading this. Um, Eclipso, I did not have access to the main series because I couldn't find it on the DC app. So when I went back and listened to the DC OCD, um, y'all had mentioned that the Superman annuals and the Detective Comic annuals were good. And so I went back and read that instead. And you know what? It was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think it had more complexity than I thought. The way Eclipsos were fighting each other, the way it took over Starman, um, just the way it was all fitting together, the the rollicking story had these other portions to it that gave it some depth. So I'm going with Eclipso. Okay. And Sean, what are, what are your thoughts? The best thing to come out of Countdown was the fact that you made Tim Price reread it all for the DC <laughs> episode, and then you didn't do your homework. So poor Tim. And, and, yes, and, I mean, my poor makes... pod cousin. Oh, I know, but nothing makes me happier than when the, the A-plus student gets penalized for being the A-plus student. So um, shout out to Tim. We love you, Tim. Uh, Countdown is hot garbage, except it gives hot garbage a bad name. Eclipso, The Darkness Within is fun. It has the cool pop-out black diamond on the front cover, which is still one of my favorite cover gimmicks to this day. Bart Sears art, which is gorgeous. And then those Eclipso annuals are a blast. They are just, it's a simple premise. You know, we're going to turn somebody in this book dark, either the main character or somebody they fight or somebody they love. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to see how it plays out. It's still one of my favorite quirky crossovers. And then it leads into a really dark Eclipso series. It's it's darker than people remember. A lot of people die in it. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is it ends Will Payton's run as Starman, but Eclipso takes the day. Mm. Shag, you were on the episode for this one, so... Uh... 
I was going to say, I'm glad Laurel mentioned the episode because that was quite possibly the best episode of OCD you've ever done uh, <laughs> for the guest. So I'm a huge fan of Eclipse of Darkness Within. I think it's a fantastic series. It's going to get my vote. Okay, that's done. Uh, in fact, I interviewed Bart Sears just the other day on the JLI podcast, uh, Blah Haha podcast. You can find that on uh, all your favorite podcast uh, catchers and YouTube. Anyway, um, as, so that gets my vote. But I will say Countdown is an example of pure hubris. You know, they, yep. they they did 52 the year before this, right? When it was a massive undertaking, massive, massive undertaking, a lot of work. Uh, Steve Wacker, I want to say, was the editor there um, mm-hmm. who got hired away because he was so good to do other stuff uh, because of it. And the Dio looked at it and said, hey, we did it last year. We can do it again. Just throw it together, guys. And they had no plan. They did not have the structure that had been done for 52. And they tried to do it on the fly. And it shows. The direction of the book completely changes as you go through it. It makes no sense as a linear story. It's got Firestorm in it. And I did still couldn't care. Um, it's really terrible. And then when it turns the countdown to Final Crisis, that's just the big red flag right there that makes you go, oh, oh, oh. Uh, I, I, want, I like my money back, please. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Eclipso, The Darkness Within, every day, all day long. Okay. I've got no need to say anything here, but uh, Stephen Lacey was the other guy who had to read it. So poor Stephen as well. Oh. <laughs> mm. Sympathy okay. all around. <laughs> Shag, do you want to say things about Cosmic Odyssey versus the final night? Just go ahead and get a vote. He's a big Countdown fan. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm impotent enough without you taking away my voice. Uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm going to not take a long time. Uh, as everyone said, Countdown is just a big mess, irrelevant, useless. Uh, so Eclipso uh, has to move on. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And moving on. So, Cisco, um, Cosmic Odyssey and The Final Night, which one? Well, okay. Well, we had this talk about Jelly Avengers, and uh, Laurel mentioned Kingdom Come in that same breath. I think Cosmic Odyssey is also part of this, this, this phenomenon of not quite events. For me, um, and uh, so so I I can't move Cosmic Odyssey forward, especially since it's written by Jim Starlin, who I am sorry I despise all his DC work. Wow, great <laughs> oh. Marvel, great I Marvel creator. Thrown. He, he's one of these guys who, whenever he picks up a DC comic character, that character is is off model. He, mm. he he doesn't read DC comics, so he sort of manipulates the characters to be whatever he needs them to be for his story which is usually some sort of pale echo of something he did at marvel so no uh cosmic odyssey cannot move forward for me even with the mike mignola artwork whatever final night however was a a breath of fresh air for me Mm -hmm. not just because it was cold in the story but (laughs) the a much more contained crossover event we'd gotten all of these sprawling things or big like Everything's going to end kind of stuff. And this seems so much more, you know, so it's just, just people uh, reacting to the fact that the sun was dying and you had some Legion elements in there. I just felt it was so much more, just smaller. And I needed that at the time. I needed for those crossovers to be a little more human uh, in terms of scale. And Final Night, even though it means like the death of Earth, it's big enough. It felt human. It felt like pe- helping people in this this moment, you know, Earth becoming like refugees or something. So Final Night was uh, was going to be a strong contender for me no matter what. Against Cosmic Odyssey, I, you know, no contest for me. Shag, you'll say? 
Uh, Cisco had said a lot of what I was going to say. Same thing on uh, Cosmic Odyssey, not an event for me. You know, it, it's four issues. You don't need a checklist. It was never intended to be an event. Um, you know, there's stuff happens and comes out of it, sure, but it was never intended to be a massive event. So I, I can't vote for it as an event. And the flip side, I do love Final Night. In fact, I, I covered that a couple years ago with Stella for something, and I, I reread it, and I had forgotten how much I love it. It is a genuinely fun miniseries, and the crossovers are exceptional. I mean, Cisco, I touched on it. It's, it's all about the human condition and what's it feel like and how, how are these people reacting to the situation? It's a, it's a one that a lot of people don't remember and people should revisit. So uh, final night, I am proud to move final night forward. Laurel, what do you think? I find it interesting that the outcomes of these two events influence the Green Lantern universe. Mm-hmm. Sort of ran mm. into this here as far as legacies are concerned. I just thought that was an interesting matchup simply because of the outcomes and how the, you know, the, the John Stewart is still suffering from this. Hal mm-hmm. Jordan, you know, what he did in this has is, is been a big thing. So uh, that, that just was an interesting little thing. But I agree with the others. Cosmic Odyssey, I just couldn't care for as much as Final Night. And as everybody said, there's a lot of poignant moments in Final Night and in the tie-in issues so it's final night for me okay sean sean what, what do you think uh i think cosmic odyssey is is beautiful the art is transcendently good but I, i'm going to echo siskoid not quite to the extent i actually like starlin's batman work but the cosmic odyssey is not well written it it feels a lot like marvel superhero secret wars volume one where everybody shouts and everything ends in an exclamation mark and everybody's sort of painted with a broad brush I actually hate the way the Jon Stewart plot point happens in Cosmic Odyssey, where he's really cocky and an entire world dies because of that. That is not who that character had been in any way up until that point. I like how later writers address it. I think it's a it's an interesting defining characteristic for him. But but it's it's not super well written. Final Night, I, I just am going to agree. It's a quiet event that is is really lovely and it plays on a primal fear of losing light of losing the sun so it's something we can all relate to it's it's an easy win for me it's it's actually low key as the kids say one of my favorite dc <laughs> events so final night wow four people wrong that's amazing um yeah, oh, okay. oh. <laughs> i don't get a say but um you're right you, you know. don't <laughs> batman rings up dr fate and says there's a person on the planet Genesis called Darkseid, could you keep an eye on him? And I think that's one of the greatest moments in the DC universe. <laughs> on a payphone. And, and Batman also jumps through a parademon's guts. So my take on this, not that it matters, is Cosmic Odyssey is a really good introduction to the DC universe if someone has never read anything because it, it's Darkseid who's scheming and not punching. And um, it just has lots and lots of really cool elements that you don't usually see put together, like Adam Strange and Starfire having an adventure and uh, things like that. But, I mean, the John Stewart thing is either something that people, um, you know, can see was important or hate. So uh, I, I understand the feelings. So, um, yeah, feelings, nothing more than feelings. <laughs> um, yeah, all right, Shag, you can go first on Bruce Wayne Murderer, question mark, and slash fugitive by uh, extension or infinite crisis so what do you think 
Okay, uh, so Bruce Wayne, Murderer, Fugitive, I, I've read a little bit of it, and it was fine, but I was out of my Batman phase at that point. So at that point, it didn't even feel like an event to me. It felt like just, uh, and I'm not I'm not making the argument it's not an event. I'm just saying it didn't feel that big of a deal. It's like, okay, this is the Batman problem of the, the, the I don't know, the quarter of the year, because there's always the one Batman problem leads to another. So it didn't do much for me. Whereas Infinite Crisis, it has a lot of flaws, and we could spend a lot of time talking about that. However... What it tried to achieve is something pretty amazing. I mean, they were trying to celebrate 20 years since uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. They did a lot with the multiverse. They brought a lot of characters back. It was big. It's sprawling. They had an amazing lead up. The, the build up to Infinite Crisis is astonishing. The whatever they I don't remember. I count on Infinite Crisis. Maybe is what it was called. Just those four mm. different miniseries, um, things like that. It was huge. I mean, yeah, I don't like Ted getting shot in the head, of course. But the rest of it is is amazing and sprawling, and it is at a galactic, epic scale. But it was something you could still understand and understand why the pieces affected each other. And again, there's a lot not to like about it as well. But in general, I actually think Infinite Crisis, for the most part, is a huge success. So um, again, Bruce Wayne murderer. It's just kind of the flavor of the month, whereas Infinite Crisis was a huge, huge event and gets my vote. Okay, uh, Sean, what, what's your say? I'm going to agree with Shag on the flavor of the month thing. Bruce Wayne murderer felt like a Mad Lib. Like they just, they, what was the next bad, bad event going to be? And Bruce Wayne, you know, professional chef, Bruce Wayne, you know, professional wrestler. Oh, murderer. Okay, that's what they landed on. It, it has some fun moments. I, I'm going to advocate really strongly for Sasha Bordeaux as a character. Oh, She's, yeah. Um, Bruce's bodyguard and is goes on to the Checkmate book after that. She's a great character that Greg Ruckett did some great work with, but – it's a very forgettable in-house event. People forget, I think, how much the lead-up to Infinite Crisis supercharged DC at a time when it really needed it. That $1 Countdown to Infinite Crisis book where, where like you said, Blue Beetle gets shot in the head is one of the best DC books of that time. And really, those, like Shag said, those minis. And then the end, I will never, I mean, one of the, the big aha moments for me in my DC reading is turning to the final page of Infinite Crisis number one and seeing the original Superman, original Lois Lane, Alexander Luther, Alexander Luther's Red Afro, and, you know, the <laughs> Superboy from Earth Prime, and, and just characters you never thought were going to show up again. So I love Infinite Crisis. I love that whole time in DC, and it's an easy win. Okay, Cisco. What about you? Uh, let's also give a shout out to Phil Jimenez who steps in as the cod George Perez in this. You know, it's like mm -hmm. his art is close enough that you could uh -huh. feel like, yeah, we're we're doing we're we're back to crisis, and it has a similar look as well. Um, everything you guys said about Bruce Wayne murderer, I agree with. I already let No Man's Land pass, so I I, I don't <laughs> see the point here. But Infinite Crisis to me. Uh, uh, even though I feel it's too violent and it's got, you know, people getting killed that I didn't want dead and in ways that I didn't want them to die, it's still great for the memes. <laughs> so Superboy, <laughs> Superboy Prime punching reality and that causes all the retcons and then problems, you know, hiccups in the DC continuity. Love that. Use that a whole ton uh, in terms of quote unquote jokes, you know, on my blog, et cetera. Um, the rolling head of Panther, not <laughs> happy that it happens, but people use that as a meme, uh, and I quite enjoyed it as, as well as in terms of art comedy. So, yeah, Infinite Crisis, for sure. Who did for it for all the wrong reasons, man? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and 
And the DC Legends line has that three quarter inch panther familiar figure with removable head, which I thought was a nice touch. Oh, <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, that's just sick. <laughs> Laurel, your your side. I'm just going to echo what everybody else says. I like the Bruce Wayne murderer fugitive thing. I really had fun with that. I think there's some good writing in there. But Infinite Crisis, I don't know how it can possibly be Infinite Crisis for a lot of the reasons. It was a big buildup. I felt like the entire DC universe got lined up for this thing because there were so many different aspects to the story as it was leading in. You had the the out in space one. You had the um, Villains United one. You had the the one with checkmate you just had so many pieces that all the various parts of the dc universe could start to line up with so that when infinite crisis hit everybody comes together into one big book and to me it was just so enjoyable really love that series Mm. okay well that brings us to the bottom of the left hand column where we're going to be looking at blackest night versus brightest day so let's have Shag first on this one. Okay, so Brightest Day is a Firestorm-centric story as far as, like, there's four or five main characters, and Firestorm's one of them. And they brought Ronnie Raymond back for this, uh, teamed with Jason Rush, which was a huge win for me. It's very exciting. They brought Aquaman back to prominence. They really did some fantastic things with Aquaman. But it's the, it's the story. It's, it's sort of like a Countdown. It's the story they didn't plan ahead enough for. You know, they, they Blackest Night is, I'll just say now, it's going to win. It's it's amazing. It's uh, huge. It's sprawling. It's gross. I mean, it's seriously gross, but it's really incredibly well planned. I mean, they really had a great uh, structure. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. The various miniseries touched on all the various points. You got to see a lot of people come back as zombies. I mean, it was DC versus zombies. And while it was gross, 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 and I don't like the darkity, dark, dark, it was pretty darn entertaining. I mean, the rings, I've still got some of the rings up on my bookcase that you could buy that came with it. So it's a very impressive event where Brightest Day, they just didn't – they knew the beginning and they knew the end. They didn't know what to do in the middle. I don't think they knew the end, but anyway, anyway sorry. <laughs> okay. <I'll get> <laughs> uh, let's go to Cisco. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to disagree. I think, yeah, the problem with Brightest Day is that then they jumped into the New 52, so anything that they brought forward in Brightest Day just didn't matter. <laughs> Um, and, um, and Blackest Night and Brightest, both of them, it's weird that they fell into the same bracket, you know, uh, just with the numbers game, but it's all a continuation of the, the war of light or whatever it's called, you know, like the, the colors, Mm -hmm. um, Sinestro Core War basically leads us to Brightest Day eventually, you know, it's all the ring stuff that Jeff Johns was doing. Um, but Blackest Night is still, it's Marvel Zombies, it's a Marvel Zombies ripoff. And I like elements like, okay, let's bring back, you know, like, let's do an extra issue of long canceled series, like they're the resurrected books like Suicide Squad and others. That's cute. But uh, I I still think that Brightest Day, because it brought back, I mean, it it does have a legacy in the sense that even though we then changed everything, um, we have the new Aqualad, we have the new Aquaman, well, Aquaman returned to a former look, etc. cetera. Uh, so all of this stuff kind of carries over, and I think it's pretty important for our own Fire and Water Network that Firestorm and Aquaman got, like, a, a, a chance to shine, and Hawkman, and et cetera. So I think the heroes that appear in that um, just got more longevity as we went into the New 52. So there's, like, a, a kind of legacy. I'm going to vote Brightest Day, but this one... 
I'm pretty on the on the fence about it, regardless. Ooh. But I think Brightest Day wins it for me. Wow. Okay. Let, uh... let me let me put my red ring on for because of your vote. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, what's your thoughts? Uh, I'm shell I'm shell shocked. I didn't think Brightest Day would get a single vote. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm I wearing the that... blue ring of hope. There you, of hope. There you go. <laughs> I do agree that that New 52 cut off Brightest Day. Um, I was at a Comic-Con in like May of 2011, and Paul Cornell was on the panel, and he was writing action comics at the time. And he says this thing to the audience where he says, you know, I'm kind of known for being brought onto books right as they're canceled. So I was really excited when I got action comics because they're never going to cancel that. I did not (laughs) know that it was a new 52 joke because they had not announced anything yet. So shout out to Paul Cornell for a really, really funny, buried joke. Uh, it's Blackest Night all the way. It's the art is beautiful in both. It's Ivan Reyes in both. But, you know, Blackest Night was the payoff of the, you know, the Sherbet Wars of the Green Lanterns by Jeff Johns. And and it just is <laughs> it, it both cap is is the capstone of Johns's Green Lantern work, but also read is standalone reads really nicely i know a lot of people who got into dc because of blackest night reading that trade and the crossovers are fun seeing who gets a ring is really fun um brightest day is better than i think people remember it but it's blackest night all the way okay and laurel i have to agree i think brightest day definitely suffered from being after blackest night uh, yes that it makes sense blackest night brightest day okay but I think it wasn't quite as organized because Blackest Night had come in with so much power behind it and so much breadth. It went across the whole uh, line, you know, with, with all the different series that they brought back. They brought back the writers that went with those series in a lot of cases. So that was a, a nice touch to bring um, people who don't normally get into a Green Lantern event into a Green Lantern event. Uh, Brightest Day also suffers, like they were saying, because the new 52 messes it up. But I found the initiatives that DC has brought out after these big events sometimes don't quite work. I don't think one year later worked after Infinite Crisis, and I don't think Brightest Day worked after Blackest Night. So it's Blackest Night, easily. (laughs) I mean, you've got to remember the big thing that Brightest Day was building towards was the return of Swamp Thing. And then they did a series called Brightest Day Aftermath, The Return of Swamp Thing that they were so embarrassed by. They've never published it in any, <laughs> any other form. So There was a lot of J.T. Kroll written stuff at DC back then. Oh, and that's yeah. not a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Green Arrow in a forest. <laughs> uh, uh, Arsenal talking to a dead cat in an alley. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of bad now, stuff. Are, are, alternatively, J.T. Kroll wrote the Titans uh, miniseries with Blackest Night, which I like. So oh, that was, no. I, yeah, I, I handle it. Dead baby and all. Yeah, that's too much. <laughs> oh, all those miniseries were so good. And the Skittles rings, you know, who got what, and all the different uh, pieces that came into play with that thing. I, I love Blackest Night. Uh, let's move on to the other side of the list. So, Nightfall versus New Krypton. The the world of the Bat versus the world of Superman. So, Laura, what are your thoughts about these? You know, I'm going to struggle with this one because I love... Nightfall, Night Quest, Night's End, the whole shebang. Absolutely, because it's actually the first Batman books I ever read was Night Quest. I I reread that a lot because, you know, sentimentally, I love it. I also like we're watching a man dissolve, you know, in front of our eyes. Jean-Paul Valley is descending Mm -hmm. into madness. 
So it's got some powerful elements, how Bruce Wayne comes back. Now, granted, the magic back rub has its issues, but... <laughs> I'd like a magic back rub, by the way. Uh, I think the magic back so... rub is, is downtown from in Phoenix. <laughs> you know, so my heart goes to Nightfall simply because I have such a deep connection to it. I think New Krypton's probably similar if I was a big Superman fan because it's another year-long thing, crosses all the Superman books, brings in a lot of characters. So I honestly, I'm going to do Nightfall simply because that's the one I love. Um, I'd, I'd be curious what everybody else has to say. So that that's how I'm leaning. Sean, your say now. Uh, I like New Krypton a lot. It's uh, probably my favorite James Robinson post-Coke binge work. Uh, and I, I think he does a good <laughs> job on it. Hey, read Airboy. He, he owns it all. Oh, I- I'm not saying uh, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I like it. Greg Rucker writes on it, too. There's some really good art in there. There's some really fun Nick Spencer, Jimmy Olsen comics in there that that take a whole new spin on Jimmy Olsen. So New Krypton is, is good, and it's it's bloated, but it's good. But Nightfall is going to take the cake for me. Also bloated, but at the end of the day, it's Batman drawn by Jim Aparo, which is, you know, he's my favorite Batman artist of all time. And even though it, it is also bloated, it gives us the, the Tim Drake Robin series, which is one of my favorite series ever. Tim Drake is the greatest Robin. And it, you know, does give us Asbats. And, and I'm not a fan of Asbats, but, you know, he has over a hundred issue series after that as Osriel. And he, you know, he's always got some stuff. He's always around. And I just think the eventiness is better. And Bane is a major villain because of it. And, you know, dude, it's Nightfall all the way. Okay. And Shag? Uh, I'm I, I'm a little bit like Laurel. I'm I'm torn on this. I've heard great things about New Krypton. I truly have, but I've never read it, so I'm not educated enough. So uh, I will say I'm gonna vote for Nightfall because it it really is an incredible story. Like if you sit down and just plot it out, it's really an exceptional one. I, Laurel said it's like a man disintegrating before your eyes. It's also the editor said, okay, everybody, you know, it's the nineties. You want your comics dark, dark, dark. You want your heroes to be dark, dark, dark. Here's what Batman would be if he's dark, dark, dark. Do you still like it? No, you don't. And that was a very clever way to show that Batman's the man he should be and to show you what the alternative would be. It's full of a lot of bad issues though. Um, there's some yeah. really not good stuff in there. So the story is really, at a macro level, is really intelligent. It's really a great idea. Uh, it's when you get in the weeds, it's not so great. So I, I feel like I'm doing New Krypton a disservice uh, because I just don't know enough about it. But Nightfall will get my vote based on the strength of the, the plot. All right. Okay. Uh, Cisco. Well, I'm, I'm a Superman fan before I'm a Batman fan. So to answer that question, um, I'm still voting Nightfall. Because oh, okay. it, it is it is iconic. It says iconic in that era as the death of Superman is the, the breaking of the bat. I, you know, that image is returned and returned and returned. Um, and, and so I, I do think that this is a stronger for all the reasons that you mentioned, whereas New Krypton. Yes, I like, you know, Mon-El or uh, uh, Nightwing and Flamebird, you know, taking up the slack on Earth, et cetera. It made each of the books more distinctive in the way that hadn't been since uh, Day of the Superman. But uh, it it just doesn't compare. You know, there's a reason you don't know much about it (laughs) (laughs) as compared to Nightfall. So Nightfall for me. All right, well, let's move on then and look at Legends versus Convergence. So, um, Shag. 
Okay, so Convergence is a fun divergence. You know, it's, it's hey, DC is moving from New York to Los Angeles, so we need to fill a couple of months. Uh, if I remember correctly, that's why that came about. And mm-hmm. it's fun. You know, it, it, there's a lot of fun stuff in there. You get to revisit stuff. You get the, the multiverse. You get, oh, whatever happened to this character 20 years after it was canceled. So there's a lot of fun, interesting things. It brought Superman back to the New 52, which is fantastic. The, super, the real Superman. And But at the end of the day, Legends is, in. I may be showing my cards too early, but one of the greatest DC crossovers of all time. It was. It's like they learned a lot from Crisis. They said, all right, let, let's do a smaller version, but now we know a little bit more about how to do crossovers, so they improved a lot of the process of how to do the crossovers, how to do the tie-ins, the overarching story. You talked about Darkseid not punching, but Darkseid scheming. This is a great example of Darkseid scheming and not punching. There, John Byrne, artwork. I mean, it's really uh, – and I'm a little biased because it's the first crossover where – I was there on the ground floor when it started, and I bought every issue. And so I, I you know, it's crisis. I came in halfway through. So uh, for me, I think Legends is fantastic, and will clearly win this one. And up to Canada for the next response. Uh, I do not like Legends, oh, but wow. I expect I do not like Legends. Uh, but I'll I'll keep those comments until it, it, the, uh, to the you know when I actually voted down because well I I really like Convergence. It's because it's fun, a fun return to different uh, worlds and eras. And, but also it kind of meant nothing at the end of the day. You know, it's like uh, the one thing that it, you know, what, what was that character? Talos or whatever his name is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who turns out was Eric, son of thunder, somehow evolved. Well, OK, no, now you lost. I, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> Me either. Uh, yeah. So it, it's. <laughs> I I get it. It's fun. You know, Brainiac is in there and he's like he's, he's collecting cities, but these cities are actually from past continuities. That's amusing. It's fun. If it had been an actual crossover event where it has an impact on the rest of the line, I would move it forward uh, instead of Legends. But Legends is a better legacy. Come on. Suicide Squad, JLI. Um, it's just like so much so much stuff came out of Legends that that is beloved to this day that legends has to move forward. I'll, I'll reserve my negative comments for legends for, for later. Okay. Sean, uh, this, this matchup feels like the Royal rumble when Hulk Hogan comes out first and hacksaw Jim Duggan comes out second. And so you just know how it's going to end. It's just, it's, I feel so bad for <laughs> convergence and this doesn't belong. It shouldn't even be in the same page as legends. Uh, I, I love that you guys are, are, saying Convergence was fun and a distraction. I don't think you remember the mini. I remember the crossovers are fun. The actual mini is just poop on a stick. It is. Well, that's, that's fair. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. It is unreadable. It has something to do with Skataris, and suddenly Demos and the Warlord are in there. Maybe the Sectars are in there. I don't know. It is It is unreadable. It's terrible. It's the Lesser King writer. It's Jeff King, not Tom King. Legends is awesome. It's got, you know, peak John Byrne art. The Suicide Squad is introduced in it. You know, we get Amanda Waller in it. It's, you know, the crossovers are fun. I I can't even, it's John Ostrander's first work for DC. You know, it's Legends all the way. I, to be to be fair, I completely forgot the miniseries of Convergence even existed. It's <laughs> I only remember the I only remember the, the tie-ins with the universes. <laughs> well, it's the big moment for the Deimos fans, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, all... and I'm sure I'm sure Ruth and Darren were excited, but other than that, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> uh, Laurel, what, what's your say on this one? I have to agree. 
um, pretty much with what everybody's saying. I tried to get in and read the Convergence mini for this show and couldn't do it. I don't know the new 52 Earth 2 characters, and I was just struggling Religions, I hadn't read that either, so I went ahead and read the mini, and that sucked me right in. I had no problem getting into it. I recognized a lot of what was going to come out of it. I didn't realize that some of these were the first appearances until I listened to your episodes. And uh, I have to say, yeah, that that easily beats it. It's got all the, the tie-ins and stuff to, to read, so yeah, Legends. And I'd like to do a special shout out for John Burns professionalism for having a go at uh, Jim Shooter <laughs> in, in Legends. I was saving that for later in the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Righto. Well, we will move on now to uh, yeah. Well, this is an interesting one: Flashpoint versus Identity Crisis. So, uh, Sean, what's your feelings on these? You're just mean. You're mean. I got, I got, I got to go first on Dark Knight's Death Metal and Final <laughs> Crisis, and now I get Flashpoint Identity Crisis. So, speaking of mean, these are two very mean-spirited miniseries. I, um, I do have emotions for both. I hate Identity Crisis. Uh, the art is gorgeous. Brad Meltzer is a wonderful writer. He wrote the Archer's Quest, which is my favorite Green Arrow story ever. He's a wonderful man. I've met him several times at conferences, but Identity Crisis is unforgivable to me to, to do what they did to Sue Dibney and the Dibneys. And, and I just I, it's just such a mean, mean spirited mini. But then again, I feel like Flashpoint is the same way. I see no redemption in Flashpoint. The world is basically destroyed because Barry Allen, you know, Jeff Johns couldn't stand the fact that Barry Allen was a hero because some people like to do good and had to give him a Batman backstory. And I, 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 it's, I really struggle with this. What it comes down to for me, I tried the which would I read again. I wouldn't read either of them again. <laughs> I know Flashpoint is more eventy because it kicks off New 52, but that feels accidental. Like it feels like the end of Flashpoint. It feels like Flashpoint was supposed to be this self-contained Flash arc, and they tack on the last five pages and go, oh, hey, by the way, we're recreating the universe. So I'm not even going to give it credit for that. Of the two, even though both artists are stellar, uh, Rags Morales – I just think is one of the great uh, artists at depicting emoting and emotion. And even though I don't like what's causing the emotion in the book, he does a great job depicting it. So I'm going to vote identity crisis, but this is like, like who's your favorite tyrant of the 20th century? Like I just, you know, <laughs> I feel bad advancing. Either. I almost wish I could just nix this bracket, this part of the bracket, but I'll go with identity crisis. Okay. Laurel, can you follow up on that? Well, I'm torn, too, because they're both very difficult to take. Identity Crisis for me isn't as bad as everybody because I didn't have the deep connections to Sue Dibney. I wasn't reading comics then, and I haven't read enough to have that deep connection. But what happens is very foul. Um, and what I did like is the whole murder mystery aspect. Um, the The fact that the danger to your loved ones felt very, very real. Um, so I was very anxious when we would get issue to issue, but I think some of it is just gratuitous. Uh, the death of Tim's father, there were just points in it that it suffered a little bit from, despite the fact the writing and art is very good. Flashpoint, I'm going to give it a little more credit for having an entire universe built around it. It took a lot of creativity, took a lot of um, character development to try to work out this entire universe and make it work. Some of the minis were pretty good. I did like, you know, the Aquaman, the Wonder Woman. I found those interesting. The Batman who Flashpoint Batman keeps coming back, which I think doesn't need to happen. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Flashpoint simply for the scale of it. 
Oh, we're split already. Uh, let's talk to Siskoid about it. Yeah, well, uh, the joke obviously would have been, why is there only one crossover event in this bracket? Uh, you know, because... <laughs> Because many fans talked like like one of these did not happen, never happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, wipe from our minds, uh, if not continuity. So, um, and I do believe that I I cannot, in good conscience, vote for that one. Flashpoint, I agree, is just as means not just as mean spirited, but you know, end of the day, it's it's very grim. But it's kind of a what if, you know, or a series of what ifs. And uh, as a fan of that series at Marvel and a fan of Elseworlds, that sort of tickled me enough uh, to keep my interest and knowing as well that this is just, you know, this is not going to be the universe a long, long term. It's just we're visiting it uh, for a little while. And there are some brighter moments. I think uh, the stuff with the Haley Circus uh, with Nightwing and then Dead Man, Dead Man's still alive and working at that, that circus, et cetera. There are some better, you know, more lighthearted moments in there as well. So to me, Flashpoint has enough going for it. Whereas the other one, I do not even speak its name. It's uh, what if the DC universe sucked? <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Shag. Shag. Uh, let's, let's see what you think here. Uh, brace yourselves, folks. I think Identity Crisis is great. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that happens is horrible. What happens to Sue is absolutely unforgivable uh, as a fan of the character and just as a, a human being. But sometimes bad things happen to people in the real world. Not that this is real world, but I think it's incredibly well constructed. It got before Infinite Crisis, or I guess this was after Infinite Crisis? No, it's, no, it's before. before. It's before. Okay, yeah. This was the first miniseries that got me and my DC fans to care about DC again. We, we actually started a message board about this time, and this is what got us talking about comics again for the first time in a long time. It re-energized us. We wanted to solve the mystery. There were clues throughout it. Uh, again, a lot of people died, and that's horrible. But damn, it was compelling. It was really well written. The art was gorgeous. I really, really like Identity Crisis. And again, it's um, this it, it ruins some of my favorite characters. Fly, I Firestorm freaking dies in it, you know. But it's still, I think it's a great read. Flashpoint, I think, is a little bit of a testament to, to Jeff Johns' ego that he got to bring down the entire DC universe. You know, he got to end <laughs> all the post-crisis universe, and it's all yeah. about daddy, daddy issues. I mean, goodness, great. The Thomas Wayne thing you mentioned earlier, and Barry's dad. It's just, oh. Um, there's a lot of fun in there though. There's a lot of the miniseries I liked. The biggest struggle I have between these two is I want to vote identity crisis, but it's just barely an event. It's mostly a self-contained miniseries that ended up having a big impact in the DC universe. But I am going to say it's just enough of an event that I am going to vote for identity crisis. Cause I'd like to throw it to Paul and make him choose. This is a tough one. And I'm going to pick identity crisis without even thinking, uh, cause I would reread that before I'd read flashpoint. And I like, the ripples of identity crisis better than I like the ripples of flashpoint because um, the flashpoint stuff is just bleh. That's a technical term. Uh, identity crisis <laughs> has fantastic art by Rags Morales and it has really yeah. good characterization. Like when the characters are sitting around talking to each other, it's great. And I like the way the villains are sort of, you know, they're in a, you know, sad club um, apart from everybody. <laughs> uh, the calculator is organizing crimes for people. You know, it, it feels like it's progressing the DC universe a little bit into the present day at the time. Um, I don't hold the JLA sacred as far as 
what came before and you know i'm a post-crisis kid so if you say that they were doing bad things back then that doesn't upset me yeah uh, the sue the sue dibney um stuff with dr light is icky and revolting and they shouldn't have done that um and the murder itself is and the person responsible and the methods used are insane um so you know that makes no sense and you know he's like oh i just went to you know threaten someone with a flamethrower um (laughs) you know that (laughs) ended up inside locked on her brain yeah (laughs) oops um yeah so all that i mean but having said that i would rather read the characterization in identity crisis than a single page of flashpoint so Wow. This progresses. Oh, interesting. So if I can, since I kind of pushed that to happen because I was on the fence, I do hate that a lot of writers learned the long, wrong lessons from Identity Crisis and said, oh, let's take the ickiness. And I think that really helped make the DC universe a much darker place. And I think Jeff Johns mm-hmm. and all the architects of the DC universe took their lead from Identity Crisis and it turned the DC real dark. Oh, but mm-hmm. we wouldn't have got Cry for Justice without it. So. <laughs> Justice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, let's move on to something possibly a bit more um, positive. Uh, 52 versus zero hour. 52 versus zero hour. So I would like to hear from uh, Siskoid first on this. Well, as you know, I uh, I had a, a show about zero hour where we <laughs> covered every, every issue, every tie-in, every zero issue. Uh, and um, I'm still going to vote 52. Or, or maybe I'm voting 52 because I know what I'm talking about in terms of <laughs> not giving it to Zero Hour. You know, uh, I think Zero Hour had a, a, a good place in my memory before I started the project. And I quickly discovered that, I don't know, I just love time travel. And maybe <laughs> those warm feelings followed me. Um, but they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. Uh, because... I mean, just the death of the JSA is pointless um, or the the wizening of certain characters. The stuff that comes out of it would have come out of it anyway, Starman, et cetera. These were books that were already on on the, you know, they were going to happen already. Mm -hmm. Um, Xenobrood, baby. Xenobrood was going to happen no matter what. You know, (laughs) you can't stop Xenobrood. It was going to happen. But but yeah, it's like... um, it, it, it's crisis redux. It's uh, it, it wants to be crisis, but it isn't quite. It doesn't make sense. The the, the series itself is a mishmash, a sort of collage that doesn't quite work. And the reason we might like it is the crossover books, mm-hmm. uh, and there were very few that were great. You know, it's the bat. No, it's actually a Superman one where there's plenty of Batman drawn, drawn by different people. People remember that one. It's not a great issue. It's just a great moment. Uh, the Robin issue is really great, but most mm-hmm. of it is just feels like like if I were to create uh, time travel elements in each of the books, uh, I would have come up with better stuff. It just feels like people were forced into this, and it didn't quite work. And I know that Dan Jurgens also was forced into including uh, different characters that he didn't want to do uh, in there, and that just uh, corrupted the the whole event so zero hour failure 52 i'll let other people you know go on about it but i think it was very well received and for good reason uh, mr matthews your turn uh zero hour I, and i think i finally just figured it out at this moment uh, i love zero hour not because it's great but because i was more invested in the dc universe than ever, any point in my life at that moment 
At that point, I was reading more DC Comics than probably I ever have. I was completely into it, so I loved it. But yeah, it's not that good, <laughs> even though I absolutely love it. So yeah, Zero Hour is no way it's going to get my vote compared to 52. Uh, 52, is, it's a masterpiece. It, it's amazing. The the way the writers work together and bounce off each other and, and brought the, these four different storylines together of characters that we really shouldn't care that much about, but we managed to. And uh, it was really great. I, they, I feel like towards the end, they kind of lost their way a little bit. Like they, they, they forgot that they were supposed to make a big deal about the fact that Batman and Wonder Woman were all gone for a year. It's like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to do something with that, aren't we? And that's where we get that World War III miniseries. But for the most part, I, uh, I really, really think 52 is, is, a, is a huge achievement. Okay. Let's hear from Laurel on this one now. This one is hard for me because Zero Hour is the first trade I ever bought. The guy in the comic book store, I oh, was cool. trying to understand DC Comics. He's, oh, you know, you should buy this. I didn't even know what a trade paperback was. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was what he handed you to help you understand DC? Wow. Oh my God. Store owners, I was going to like that. Guy, that. that I guy like should the, be fired. The Zero issues were good for me because it, it helped, you know, introduce all these people. So I was liking that. So I guess that's why. Um so, you know, it's got a special place. But 52, you know, I was saying one year later didn't work, but 52 did as far as following up and, and making a good series after the big event of Infinite Crisis. And, yeah, the four stories, the fact that we've got some, huh, you got some real personal stories, you got to know these people and enjoy them, that it just became a very powerful story for me and the momentum just carrying it all the way through so 52 and sean yeah 52 i mean it's my favorite black adam story it's probably going to be the plot of black adam too so with with superman somehow it is um my favorite renee montoya story you know i love the evolution of of her and vic sage vic sage is dying still impacts me that the memory of that and i know he's back but that was just a powerful moment it's the creation of batwoman kate kane i mean it's, it's it really is shocking how good it is. And then the J.G. Jones covers are like poster worthy. The Halloween one, if you think about it, you know, the Booster Gold Supernova. It's just 52 is just it'll never be repeated. A countdown shows that it just isn't easy to do a weekly event. Even Trinity, if you remember, it was which was yeah. Kurt Busick and Carlos Pacheco, like Dream Team. And it was not good. 52 is, is a singular achievement in comics history. It's fantastic. I love Zero Hour, and, and I hope I don't embarrass you, Cisco, in part because I have such fondness for that show. Uh, I loved the Invasion show. I loved Zero Hour. I loved hearing Cisco and Boss talk about, you know, the the issues. And, but you're right, the fondness for it. I remember the Flash issue and loving it, the Robin issue and loving it. But you're right, there were some stinkers in there. So it's 52 for me. It's it's just such a it's such a great series, and I think it's one that all DC fans should read. 52 progresses. Okay, let's go to the next one, which is. Well, I I would say this is interesting. Kingdom Come versus Armageddon 2001. So, uh, Laurel, what's your thoughts? Kingdom Come is one of my favorite comic books, period. I reread it a lot. I just was so impressed. Mark Wade, Alex Ross, I, it's just incredible to me. I think they just did a beautiful job. It has it absolutely got a lot of elements in it that I, I can totally get behind. Armageddon 2001, I don't know as much about. I tried to read the, the bookend series. And, you know, just like Kingdom Come, it's got sort of an Elseworlds, um, alternate timelines. You know, I, I tend to like those kind of things just for, for fun. Uh, but I just can't, I can't pick against Kingdom Come here. It's just too, too much. I don't, it's just too good. <laughs> I don't know how, even know how to make the argument. So it's Kingdom Come. 
Okay. Sean, do you know how to make the argument? Uh, I do, actually. Um, I, Kingdom Come is beautiful. It is brilliantly written, and there are some really great concepts that come out of it. It dominates the DC universe for a little too long for my taste. I do like Kingdom Come. I like the sequel um, the with, like, Planet you know, uh, DC and some of those fun mini series with like the, the son of, you know, Dick Grayson and, and Starfire or the daughter of Dick Grayson and Starfire. There's a lot of, of good and, and Kingdom Come itself is a standalone pillar of DC, a, a la Watchmen. It's what DC does best. It's those prestige standalone moments that are just really transcendent and are considered some of the great work of the comics medium. However, I freaking love Armageddon 2001. <laughs> it is a blast. Those annuals are so much fun. They basically gave carte blanche to DC creators, to, like Siskoid was saying, to do their own what-if stories and show where those heroes would be in 10 years. The, the two-parter itself is botched because they botched the ending. It was supposed to be Captain Adam. They changed it to Hawk at the last minute because the, the rumor got out. That in retrospect, that was a huge mistake. Having said that, of the two, I go back and read Armageddon 2001 annuals more than I do Kingdom Come, and this is probably going to get me a lot of shame online, but I'm, I'm going with Armageddon 2001. <laughs> Good grief. Okay. Um, no judgment. Uh, Shag. Uh, Kingdom Come is – it's amazing. It's groundbreaking. It is possibly, on this entire bracket, possibly the best story on the whole bracket. And Sean is insane for voting for <laughs> Armageddon 2001 based on the story. <laughs> However – with that said, I'm also going to vote for Armageddon 2001. All right, here we go. Because oh, Kingdom go. Come is not an event. It is just a four-issue miniseries. It was never planned to be anything else. That's it. It's an Elseworld. It's not supposed to have any impact on the DC Universe. The only reason it does is because people won't let it go, and Jeff Johns once again learned all the wrong reasons. Um, the eventiness is zero. You don't need a checklist to, to follow this. It's four issues. Go buy it. They, it has the same name on every comic. It's like Watchmen. It's like Marvel. You, you said that earlier about Watchmen. It's like Watchmen. It's like Marvels. They're groundbreaking. They're amazing, but they're not events. Um, the legacy, again, only there. it shouldn't have a legacy. When they wrote it, there was no intended legacy, so there was no intended event. But, again, at the end of the day, if you were asking me, Kingdom Come might win the whole bracket for best story but not as an event. Armageddon 1 was planned as an event. There are crossovers. You did need checklists. The bookends were there. I, it was the very first one, at least from DC, where they did those summer-long annuals to tell the story, right? Uh, there's a lot of fun in it. There's some fluff, and there's some not great in there, sure. Uh, but they did have an intended impact in the DC universe with the characters you mentioned, and it did roll out to affect the Justice League as well because of that. So, well... It, it, Sean is absolutely high as a kite and stoned out of his mind for voting on Armageddon 2001 based on story. I'm going to vote Armageddon 2001 because it is a better event. Right. This is not going the way I thought okay. it would. <laughs> it's just two to one. It's just two to All one. Right. Cisco, it's Cisco. For now. It's three to one. Uh, the... Oh, my God. Are throwing things at their room right now. I can do that because. Oh my goodness. What Shag said is absolutely correct. You could, by the um, way, you can just stop right there. What Shag said yeah. is absolutely correct. That fits or, in every situation. Or, or please, Paul, edit it out so that you can't, you know, <laughs> lord it o uh, uh, over my head. So, yeah. Uh, Armageddon 2001, you know, fluffy what if stories. What if Superman was the president of uh, North of America? You know, what if uh, stuff like that? It's fun enough. And yes, they bungled it. They dropped the ball at the end. Kingdom Come, 
if Kingdom Thomas is in this bracket, where's Watchmen? Where's mm-hmm. The Dark Knight Returns? Where's mm-hmm. any story of note that we would call as comic book fans event an event? You know, an event in the comic book store, not an an event in terms of comic book history. They're not events in for the DC universe. It doesn't take place in the DC universe. So to me, it's a great project. It's a great story. If we're doing best story, then this is the wrong bracket for it. Because it shouldn't have Millennium, for example. You know, <laughs> it's, not, it's not best story. It's it maybe it may be best story, but best story of an event. And I feel like Kingdom Come it does not belong in this particular category. Armageddon two thousand one. Laurel sounds yeah, like you want to change your mind. It. I can't believe that you guys voted through JLA Avengers and not Kingdom Come because it's I, the same I, argument. I did not. I agree, and I didn't vote for JLA Avengers. Okay, that, <laughs> that makes me feel somewhat better. But you know, I, if it made this list, then it was considered eventy enough to make the list. That's not well, necessarily a good point. It's you um, know we have to know who made the bracket, and it was Paul. So, <laughs> but I, I do think I, I think Laurel has a point about the eventiness because there is a sequel. And then, and and this isn't a selling point, but Gog, that character, shows up yeah. in Jeff Johns and ruins Jeff Johns's wonderful Justice Society book. I mean, and and the you know the Kingdom storyline, which goes on too long. The Kingdom Come Superman shows up in that book. The Kingdom Come Starman costume, and a lot of those costumes make it over. And so, and it does create hyper time. It does create that concept, which dominates well, the DC universe if, for like ten years. Only if the bracket has the Kingdom. Kingdom Come itself is not the event. The Kingdom right. is the event that brings in Kingdom, the Kingdom Come characters into the DCU. The Kingdom is the event. Planet well, DC, whatever, is the event. Kingdom Come we, is not. We allowed Funeral for a Friend and, and the four, Rise of the Superman for Death of Superman. I'm changing my vote. I'm going to Kingdom Come, Laurel. I, I, you've convinced right. me. You've convinced right. me. It is, it is, it is a better story. That's, that's, but it is, it's more of an event than I thought. So I'm, I'm, I'm changing my vote. It's two, two. Uh, I see. I say it was never intended as an event. It was intended as a four issue miniseries. Then they began milking it. I, I think the comparison to Watchmen is perfect because Watchmen, they continue to milk that to this day. It doesn't make Watchmen an event just because they did all these miniseries that came later. Watchmen was an event. I would, I still stand by Kingdom Come is not an event. Again, they tried to milk it later and they wouldn't let it go. Just like Dark Knight Returns is another good example you guys gave. They milk that all the time by bringing in, you know, the mutants and uh, you know, the big Batmobile bat tank and all these things. Uh, maybe Green Arrow losing an arm. They've done all that stuff. Still doesn't make it an event. So I still say Kingdom Come is not an event. And the danger of voting, you know, keep voting our favorite story is that that story will win in the end and the winner will not be an event. So keep that in mind. It's, you know, it's on your heads. (laughs) (laughs) We need a a vote from on low. (laughs) Paul, what about you? (laughs) That's just rude. Um I'm going to go with Armageddon 2001 because it it is oh, yes. structurally structurally it's a more Laurel. robust event. Yay. Um, I mean, I like Kingdom Come, but um, I mean, it, having said this, I, I would rather read Kingdom Come, but Armageddon 2001 is it's what I think of the classic days of DC events. It's a you know it's an annuals and it's uh, you know it's got a really big story that 
you know, and that's despite them absolutely tanking the ending, uh, you know, in the worst way. Um, but I think it, I mean, it deserves... I mean, Kingdom Come got on the list because uh, Cosmic Odyssey got on the list and buggered it all up at the start because I really liked Cosmic Odyssey and I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> um, and then it was like, well, I guess Kingdom Come's in the same category, so I had to put it in. Um, but yeah, I, Nightfall and uh, Death of Superman, when we covered them, we were actually covering the whole shebang with um, all, all yeah. the parts because they were all immediately connected. So, whereas Kingdom Come, we were not covering the kingdom when we included that. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's my final word. And, yeah, send your hate. All right. Send your hate. And mark. it was the right decision. <laughs> oh. All right. So moving on, let's do the round 14. And we're looking at DC 1 million versus Underworld Unleashed. So Shag, you get to talk first. Uh, this is a tough one for me, actually. I, I may be swayed if someone wants to argue against my vote on this one, because DC 1 million has a lot going for it. I don't like the core series that much on DC 1 million, but I really, really like all the ancillary spinoffs and parts of the story and the way it all fits together and the impact with Ro uh, our man and things like that. So there's a lot to love underworld unleashed though, holds a, a ridiculously special place in my heart. I just love the idea of DC said, you know what? Our villains kind of suck. Let's make them cooler. And they made us a, a, a mini series to do that. And there's, you know, I don't like them killing the rogues in the beginning, but then they, they bring up everyone else. You know, Blue Devil gets one of the worst transformations ever. But the Neuron <laughs> stuff is interesting and it has an impact. For, and Neuron stays around for a long time. A lot of interesting stuff in that. And so I think it's underrated. I think people don't appreciate it as much as they should. So I'm actually going to vote Underworld Unleashed, but I will listen to dissenting opinions. Okay. Now, Siskoid, I always thought that you should have done uh, DC 1 million after you finish Zero Hour, but um, what do I know? I agree. Um, <laughs> so what's your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> I was burnt out on, on crossover events is the thing. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm like Shag. I'm a little bit on the fence on this one, and I could be swayed either way by other people's comments. I think DC 1 million, of course, has the the, the background of it is you, you've got – you know, it's the tail end of or it's part of Grant Morrison's JLA, which is an amazing run. And it's kind of has that same energy, the same kind of art, the same same kind of everything. Uh, I love what it has to say about the Superman legacy, for example. Mm -hmm. Our Man sp sp spun off of that was a great series. Um, and Underworld Unleashed, it, it's a little bit. I agree with, with Shag with what he's saying there. And some of the villains like Blockbuster, for example, were changed kind of forever and uh, made better forever. And the way the, the reason I say it like that is because a lot of the villains were kind of turned into like, uh, I don't know, monsters. And Correct. then, <laughs> yeah, and did not remain, you know, it's like, was there Black Manta was turned into a Manta Man, you know, it's like yeah, that's true. that that's stuff true. Does, did not stick because it was just a, a 90sification of these villains and it, at the end of the day it was just not as iconic um so for that reason the gimmickiness of it and I'm not talking about the green ink um <laughs> I I will vote for DC 1 million okay Ooh, okay divided already major disaster takes issue with your choice <laughs> mm. okay so let's hear from Sean I I love both of these these are super fun palette cleanser events really um bright shiny fun oh you know just four color goodness 
I love DC One Million. Um, Siskoid hit right on it. It has the crazy energy of Grant Morrison's JLA run, which is one of my favorite Morrisons. I love when Morrison just leans into his Kirby, Kirby Crackle crazy. And uh, Val Semeckis, not my favorite artist, but uh, it works well for this mini. And then I just have deeper memories of it. I love the fact that Helena Wayne Huntress, who's one of my favorite characters, comes up with the plan to win the day. She's like, well, wait a minute. If we're finding a battle 80, you know, one million years in the future, we can plan today and have it come to fruition then. And so there's just a lot of really cool writing. And then the thing I'll, I never forget about DC One Million is that moment when Superman comes out of the sun because they've re they've cloned Lois Lane. They've, they've put together the greatest love of all time. There's just a sweetness to it that people don't always associate with Morrison. I, I actually find Morrison to be a rather sentimental writer when I, and mm-hmm. the stuff I love of his the most is sentimental. So, so even though I really like Underworld Unleashed and it's a fun mini, I, I would go with DC 1 million. All right. So Laurel, what's your feeling? Well, I agree. This one's a little tough. I had not read Underworld Unleashed until this, and it was actually better than I thought it was going to be. I had run into some of the tie-in issues as I filled in some some series as in the past. DC One Million is a little bit schizophrenic, I'll have to say. <laughs> it's got some, some issues. But on the other hand, I have yet to run into a tie-in issue that I didn't like. I found the whole thing just really interesting. Uh, I like the concepts that end up popping up in them. The Starman issue in particular, I think, is very good. So yeah, I am yeah. going DC 1 million. Woo! All right. I don't get to vote, but I am happy. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sad that I lost that one. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it was, well, it was tougher than I thought it was going to be. When you look at the tie-ins to DC 1 million, there's some really good books that were around then. Um Whereas you look at the tie-ins to Underworld Unleashed, the DC universe was in a bit of a down period at that point, I thought. Um, Do not disparage Extreme Justice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it brought the Wonder Twins in. It brought the Wonder Twins oh in. Oh, my God. It was so bad. It was so it bad. It was bad. It was so bad. And that's, that's all I have to say about that. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's go on to round 15. And, uh, Sean, you get to talk first about Invasion versus Our Worlds at War. Uh, so another huge shout out to that show, Siskoid and Boss. That was a, another favorite of mine. I loved that. Uh, the I, I actually think the Invasion Mini is interesting. It's not something I would recommend to a new reader because people tend to forget that the first two issues are almost DC character removed. Like it's it's more of a focus on the characters who would form Legion eighty nine and the Blasters. And it's, uh, you know, then the third issue is when it gets a little bit more of the, the characters we know. But, I mean, it's got Bart Sears. It's got Todd McFarlane. You know, Bill Mantlo's writing it. He didn't. I don't think he did a ton for DC. I always think of him more as a Marvel writer. The crossovers are amazing. The Firestorm crossover, the Will Payton Starman crossovers are some of my favorites. I love Invasion so much. Now, having said that, I think Our Worlds at War is a ton of fun. I think it has a lot of similarities with Invasion and its scope and its scale. The death of Hippolyta is really sad in it. I think it's it's really good. I don't think it's as fondly remembered as it should be because it's kind of spread out over a lot of books. But the one-shots are great. The Young Justice one-shot's really good. The Justice Society one-shot's really good. I'm going to give it to Invasion, but if Our Worlds at War had been up against some of these other ones, uh, say like Identity Crisis or Flashpoint, I would have advanced it. But uh, Invasion takes the day for me. Okay. Well, Laurel, what's your thought? I tried to read the Invasion miniseries and really struggled. I think part of the problem is this just isn't my era. 
there there tends to be, you know, I was surprised that I was able to get so into Legends because it's not something I'd read. For some reason, this one was a lot tougher for me. However, I have a feeling that the tie-in issues were probably better as far as if I had been able to have time to read all of them than it was the way I was sampling it. Our Worlds at War, I remember buying off the shelves, being very excited about it. Um, I enjoy the story. I know it's a little bit Superman-centric, but all the tie-ins were absolutely great. Um, so I'm picking Our Worlds at War for Ooh. those reasons. Ooh, nice. Okay. Nice. So let's hear from Cisco now. Um, this time, now I am an expert on invasion. Every issue, every tie-in, uh, there weren't any zero issues. But uh, every prologue, epilogue, you know. Uh, so I'm an expert on this one. I still love it after doing that show, which is what propelled us into the Zero Hour program. Um, yes, the the three, and they're huge, right? Those three issues, like 80-page giants. Yeah. And they're telling they're telling the background. You know, it's about the aliens. It's about So I, I, I get it. Laurel reading only that, you don't get the invasion, basically, because the invasion is happening in the books. Uh, in first strike and uh, you know so uh I, the invasion and then also the meta the, the gene bomb that affects a bunch of characters uh very often for good so that's where it lives it lives in those tie-in issues it was re- and because there's so many aliens at the same time attacking you could have variety it's not like uh it's, it's not like the same beat over and over again it can be very different whether it's Thanagarians or daxamites or whoever is attacking that particular book at that time um our worlds at war i have no real connection to um i i read it but uh imperiex i it just doesn't feel like like that lives in my memory rent free it pays a lot of rent and <laughs> invasion doesn't so uh of course, invasion for me. Okay, and have I forgotten anyone? <clears throat> Shag. <laughs> Shag? Oh, Shag, you're here. Because it's only two to one right now. I could uh, flip the script here. So, yeah. uh, our world of war is really good. It's really, really, really good. Yeah. In fact, to the point where you know, when I would store stuff in my long boxes, I actually kept all the Our Worlds at War stuff in a separate box. Like I screwed up all the other books in my collection Blasphemy. to keep Our Worlds of War together because I liked it that much. No. <laughs> yeah, I can't oh. have, it's almost like you have OCD. <laughs> I enjoyed it that much. Now, I, the villain though, the Empirics thing, is the weakest spot of that. It's the storytelling that's great. In mm-hmm. our worlds of war, it's the it's the villain that's the weakest point. Invasion, you're right, suffers because of the three issue miniseries. In fact, if anything, this may be the biggest definition of an event because the core spine story doesn't tell you crap. You know, it, it really you do have to read the whole event to make it work. But when you do read the whole event or even just chunks of it, you know, it, it's really it's a beautiful tapestry. It really is. So this one's actually harder for me than I expected. Um, and when the argument was made in the favor of our world's war the other a minute ago, you almost swayed my vote to it. But I think I am going to give it in, to invasion at this point, not because of uh, the show on our network and any all. Sorry, Cisco. It's, it's no out of no, not no. out of loyalty to you, but the event is uh, it's really good. Hmm. You have no loyalty to me, so I, I wasn't expecting any different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I have a feeling that the tie-ins, the the event part was better than the the what I tried to read. Yeah. I, I am curious which way Paul would have voted. I probably would have given it to Invasion for the nostalgia and just the absolute shake-up of the Doom Patrol that happened from it. So, 
Oh, okay. mm, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. War of the Gods versus uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Does does anyone has anyone even read these? <laughs> <laughs> I've read both. I have read both, uh, and um, the answer is Crisis. Shocker. Nuff said. Nuff said. Okay. Shag. War of the Gods is it had a great premise. The Roman gods versus the Greek gods. That's a and the art is pretty good. The covers are amazing. The it's it's the event that had a great strategy meeting is what that event is. It's, that's what that event is. It's Crisis without a doubt. Yeah, I, I could go on and on and, and tell you why Crisis is amazing, but it, we're, we'll get to it when Crisis goes up against some stiff competition. Okay, Laurel. Yeah, Crisis on Infinite Earths, the granddaddy of them all, in my opinion. I read War of the Gods once a very long time ago from the library. I don't need to read it again. Crisis all the way. Okay, Sean. I'm going to go with Bloodlines. I'm, uh, <laughs> wait, uh, so, uh, it gave us Hitman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yep. yeah, I mean, it's Crisis. I, Anima. Just a quick shout out. Obviously, uh, I, I didn't cry at my wedding. I didn't cry at the birth of my daughter. I cried when George Perez passed away. Um, I don't know what that says about me, but just, you know, pour one out for George. Um, the covers of War of the Gods are great. His Wonder Woman run is my favorite Wonder Woman ever. So, you know, I, I would love for him, you know, obviously people to go back and read that, but it's Crisis all day long, which is still George. So, oh, and, and let me tell you, my wife has not let me forget. She's like, oh, you know, wedding, birth, but God forbid a comic book art. And I'm like, hey, it was George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, War of the Gods is an absolute slog to read. Um, right. We might take a break now. We'll play a promo and everyone can go to the toilet. All right. Bye. Who's editing? A thought experiment in which Siskoid and his guest appoint themselves editors of a comic book line at DC Comics. But the joke's on them, because they can only use the characters of a specific issue of Who's Who, and in fact must use them. Great ideas? Yes, we think so. Cool reinventions? Of course. Crisis fatigue? We guarantee it. Who's editing? Now on its own feed, only at the Fire & Water Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Okay, welcome back. Let's uh, continue on. So we are on the second round, and the first matchup of the second round is JLA Avengers versus No Man's Land. So, uh, Laurel, do you want to go first this time? Yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and let somebody else talk because I don't know how to do this one. I know, Cisco, you sort of spoiled me here because you're saying that Kingdom Come's not an event, and I would argue JLA Avengers isn't an event. But on the other hand, since I haven't read it, I don't feel that's fair. So I'll let you guys talk about it and decide after that if you need me. Sean, Sean, let's have your say. JLA Avengers is a better story. You know, it's 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 just, it is, it's special. It's a pillar. It's George Perez, my favorite artist. Kurt Busiek, one of my favorite writers of all time. No Man's Land is more of an event. And so we, you know, we've had this running argument about what is and isn't an event. I would argue that JLA Avengers is an event in that it, you know, was supposed to happen in the early '80s, and then they finally do it. But it just hasn't really triggered enough to transcend being a pillar uh, created creation versus an event. So I'm actually going to go No Man's Land on this one. Whoa, whoa! All right, Shaq. 
Yeah, this this is uh, you know, it was all fun and games in the first round. This is where we're going to start breaking friendships <laughs> here mm-hmm. pretty quick. Um, and this isn't going to be a big shock because I showed my hand early on. I, I said the JLA Avengers was barely an event. You know, it's really more of a publishing event than anything else. Yeah. But so yeah, I I'm going to have to give it to No Man's Land for all the reasons I stated earlier. It is truly a masterpiece. It is the framework for all really impressive events could be based on if somebody really wanted to sit down and break down how they made that work. So um, it's it's not even a contest for me, even though I love JLA Avengers. I mean, it's a, one of Perez's crown achievements is No Man's Land. It is a fantastic event. Mm, and, and Canada's favorite song? It was Boss on the Call? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, if I'm consistent, I'm going to be voting No Man's Land on this one, right? If I'm being inconsistent, I would have come around to the fact that the because the two publishers are involved, it is a crossover oh. in the same way that Ooh. sometimes, you know, an Sneaky. event spills into. Um, oh, that's good. But uh, I, it's good, isn't it? But uh, I will remain <laughs> consistent and vote No Man's Land. Before we go on, I'll just put in Zoom Yukonori's, the late Zoom Yukonori's argument about the impact and legacy of this. That the impact and legacy of this was it was the ultimate. So nothing could ever surpass it. So I'll just, I'll just leave that on the table there. Um. That was really rude. I mean, that was mean. Because you know how high a regard we hold Zoom Yukonori. It's the number one. That's why I sort of hesitated to speak on it because everybody loves it to death. You're right. It is the number one on their ladder too. It's on the DCOCD ladder. JLA Avengers is number one. I'm coming. I'm sorry. I'm changing. I'm changing again. It's <gasps> Superman holding Captain America's shield and Thor's hammer. I'm, no, I'm changing. I'm going JLA Avengers. You've convinced me, Siskoid. It is. It is an oh event. Oh my gosh. Its very existence is an event. I'm going JLA Avengers. I'm changing. Ooh, Laurel, do you want to chime oh, wow. in now? Does anyone else want to reconsider? We, I, I, you know, if we're gonna do. I still resent that you guys didn't do Kingdom Come. <laughs> yeah, I came around. I came around, Laurel. <laughs> this whole bracket is a lot. So, so <laughs> I don't want to give it to this one because we didn't give it to that one. It's, but I, again, since I can't read it, I, I feel really bad doing you, it. Yep. So I don't know, Paul. I'll leave it up to you to decide. If you don't know who did wrong, you punish the entire class. That's the rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, leave it up to me. Well, it's not up to me. So, It'd be a tie if I vote at this point. Well, then it's then it's going to be no man's land. Okay. Because that's okay. the event, right. and I know the you know the impact was that it's a publishing event. I I listened to the episode that you guys talked about it, and I completely understand Zoom's arguments. Okay. But the way we're doing this, the the rigors of this that we've sort of set up, it's got to be no man. And I, I agree with that, but at the same time, I want Paul to decide. So I will change my vote to JLA oh, Avengers. No. <laughs> it's a spike. I'm side, I will side. With I Sean. see you, and I raise I you ten. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see what happens. Oh, you bastard! Um, <laughs> Oof, as language. I said, this is where the friendships start to break. Yep. <laughs> Somebody's getting off the Christmas card uh, list. I. Oh, you, oh, how dare you. <laughs> I've got to give it to JLA Avengers. I'm sorry. Woohoo! I, right. What? Yes. Uh, Siskoid, you bastard. As a joke? <laughs> you f- okay, I'm sorry. Paul, finish your argument, then I'll yell at um, I, I. Hey, I didn't do it. <laughs> I can't justify it, <laughs> this decision, but it's the right one to make. Sorry. Okay. Yep. There, there you go. go. It's... <laughs> 
now this bracket is a lie. This whole this is a, this contest is a sham. Oh my gosh! I, I want to point out two moments again: Superman holding Thor's hammer and Captain America's shield, and then that moment where they the characters get to see what the future would have been, and like how Jordan sees himself become Parallax and. Hank Pym sees what he and like and yet they still make the choice to to go back to their old universes. It's just yeah. I have it, a question it's, it's, though. This is DC OCD, not Marvel OCD. Oh. And, and would you I'll like change me? my vote again. You know, would, would you like me to go through Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen and talk about all the amazing moments and scenes in there that still resonate to this day? Still doesn't make hey, it I, an event. I don't appreciate you undermining my argument. <laughs> With your logic, hey, with your logic, as the tiebreaker, um, I believe there was one element that carried over into the DC universe after it, and that was the Kroner's egg existed, and it was yes, um, brought up was. in a Justice League America JLA story by Kurt Busiek called um, Syndicate Rules. So it did. Yes, it did. but Kingdom didn't count. But mm-hmm. the, I well, Laurel, we've had that before. argument already. That, that's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but what if? What was that Christmas card what? listening again, Shaq? Right, right. Paul's <laughs> off it. That's for sure. <laughs> what if Superboy Prime punches the the bracket, <laughs> there you go. and my vote returns, goes back to No Man's Land, because <laughs> oh, not no. because I feel like there's been such such great, like Laurel made really great points. Shag has made some really great points, and Paul has made some really <laughs> shitty points. So. <laughs> So I think I think I was right to go with my gut earlier and say No Man's Land. Oh dear! This but is, is it too rigged. late? All right. Like, but is it too late? Yeah, I don't know, Paul. What's it the is rule? Too late. This you want to go JLA? Well, I mean, if if uh, Cisco changes his vote, then my vote is nullified. So. Well, if he changes well, think... his vote, it's still three to two. I mean, it's you can still count your vote. It's no, just but three to two at that the point. reason for my vote was because Cisco um, changed his. So you know, I, if he changes it back, I no longer have a reason to vote. So. So are you? Are you? Are, is this speculative, Siskoid? Or are you genuinely changing your vote? You, it's time. It's decision. Well, I'm, it's I'm decision cha- time. It's. I'm changing my vote. Like the outcome. If if it is allowed. No. Well, I knew. Well, you're changing I, your vote because you didn't <laughs> like the result. <laughs> you thought you'd be cute, and now you're like, uh oh, what did I no. do? No, no. When I said it, I believed it, and and then you guys chimed wait, in, wait, and what? I I went, mm, no. It's no, no, so yeah. You're why right. don't we start again? We'll start from the very beginning and we'll do this whole thing again <laughs> and see where we land. It's gonna be, gonna be an <laughs> well, like I show. said, I you know, I feel bad making this argument because I haven't read it, so it's really not fair. If I had read it, maybe I'd be going, Oh no, it's JLA Avengers. How can you guys even think differently? You know, I could be going crazy about it. I, I think, look, my understanding of Australian government, Paul is the king of Australia, <laughs> <laughs> and so. So Paul has spoken. The vote is closed. The polls are closed. The CNN has called the winner. It's jail. Stop the steal. Stop the steal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. JLA Avengers. Whoa, 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 wait. Let's ask the boss here. I'm not okay with that answer, Paul. What is the final decision here? As the arbiter of the future of your friendships with all of us. He made his decision. He said it was That was his vote. Doesn't mean that's the final decision. Anyway, your friendship with us is on the line, sir. What is the final decision? Sorry, I'm just trying to pass (laughs) what an arbinger is. Anyway, um, if I'm the arbiter, 
Um, and that may be what we were trying. Yeah. To <laughs> okay. Good. Um, and everyone's vote is the same as it was. Then JLA Avengers progresses. Woohoo! There we go. That's justice. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a cry for justice. <laughs> it's a cry for justice. There we go. Okay, now uh, uh, the toughest one. On, uh, this is how we're going to end up with Metal versus Identity Crisis. Is uh, Dark, Dark Knight's Metal <laughs> versus Death of Superman. So, oh. all right, I want to hear from Shag. None of this crap matters anymore <laughs> because No Man's Land is off the table. <laughs> Holy crap. I have that, I, but just for the record, I had No Man's Land going all the way to the finals. Whoa. Okay? Oh, That's, that's wow. how big No Man's Land is in my opinion. So wow! Don't go to Vegas. Dark Knight... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You broke me. You broke me. Dark, Knight, Dark Knight's Metal could go to hell. Okay, just straight hey. up. Hey! I don't. Even, I don't even need to argue. Death of Superman. All because that is what it is, right? It's up against Death of Superman. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. It's Death yeah. of Superman all the way. I'm done. Cisco. Right. <laughs> Death of Superman for me as well. Okay, let's hear from Sean. Oh, it's Death of Superman. I mean, it's, you know, we have Superboy, Steel, it's just, it's not even a contest. Death of Superman. And uh, from the the bitterness corner, what does Laurel say? (laughs) I think Dark Knight's Metal is the bigger story as far as the actual mini is concerned, you know, the actual part, but the aftermath of Death of Superman, I suppose, as much as I... I mean, I'm outvoted. I would have gone metal, but that's me. Oh, we just broke you with Kingdom Come, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Death of Superman Crisis. Okay. Now we come down. Oh, this is a fun matchup. Eclipso, the Darkness Within versus The Final Night. So, Sean. Either way, Eclipso wins. <laughs> He's a man who enjoys the darkness. Uh, I, I like both of these. These are both quiet events, you know, relative to something like Crisis, but... Uh, Final Night is my favorite. I I I wouldn't say I'm a huge Hal Jordan fan. Like Kyle Rayner's my favorite Green Lantern, but I liked the redemption of Hal Jordan. I didn't like the yeah I liked the I liked that they started him down that path. So I'm going to stay with Final Night. Okay. And Laura, what do you think? Well, this is hard because, like I said, I didn't have the main miniseries for the Eclipso. I only had you know the annuals to sort of sample from, so it's a little bit hard. Um, Final Night, I think, is a strong story. I enjoy it. I like the, the annuals, I mean, excuse me, the tie-ins that I have been able to read. So maybe I better abstain from this one until you all make some arguments and decide if I need to come in again. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, let's hear from Siskoid. I think it's going to be Final Night. I mean, Eclipso has some good points, but also I felt like the annuals were pretty repetitive the same thing happened to somebody else, and they sort of were kind of blended. They blended together for me. Uh, so final night is my vote. Okay. Shag. 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 <laughs> and Shag, what do you think? As much as I defended final night earlier, uh, I think Eclipso is a better put-together story. Uh, I enjoy. I think it's more bombastic. I think there's a bad guy. Final night, technically there's a bad guy, the Sun Eater or whatever, but really it's, it's a... It's a disaster movie you know and honestly i can't at this exact moment i can't even remember the ending of final night other than they won because the sun's still going uh eclipso whereas i can remember all kinds of the battles i can remember a lot of the matchups where we got to see our favorite heroes fight eclipsed versions of favorite heroes uh the annuals were fun that diamond alone is worth the price of admission for the whole event uh i'm gonna vote eclipso that that diamond did have a lot of good points 
<laughs> it ended with uh, Hal Jordan's redemption. He flies into the sun and reignites it. Yeah, that was stu- that was stupid. Yep. But anyway, with the ahead. power of friendship. <laughs> 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 All right, Laurel, we're coming back to you. Are, are you going to coming back? Well, then it's it's going to be the final night. <laughs> Just you know. There you go. Yeah. Were you not I'm listening sorry. to me? I I did. I just feel like what I read was was good and enjoyable, but like Cisco was saying, the repetitiveness. I think there's more diversity in Final Night. I think we're getting more intimate looks at the characters. So I'm going Final Night. Good I'd like everybody to hear this sound. That is me scratching Laurel out of my address book. <laughs> no more Christmas cards for her. Done. I think uh, the message here is don't wrong Laurel because she will hold it. Close to her heart for the rest of her life. <laughs> mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Uh, now, wasn't I supposed to be diagnosed as the one that was nice but is there secretly you go. angry? Yeah, yeah, it's all coming. The rage. Yeah. He is an excellent therapist, isn't he? All right, Siskoid, let's have your opinion on Infinite Crisis versus Blackest Night. Um, I, I mean, my votes earlier, I did vi- vote for Infinite Crisis. I did not vote for Blackest Night, and. I'm going to keep at it. I'm going to say Infinite Crisis is the the bigger mover and shaker here. You're usually so flexible in the way you do things. <laughs> <laughs> Shack. Uh, I... This is a hard one. I don't know. Um, I'd like to hold my vote. I, I had an answer, and now I'm wavering. So can I hold mine to the end? Sure, you coward. Yes. Um, Laurel. <laughs> I go with Infinite Crisis because its um, build-up was so across the DC universe. It's got, you know, the diversity coming into it as part of the the build-up event. I don't know what what, what do we call that? The event, as a part of the events. I, I just feel like it involved more of the DC universe, so it makes it a bigger. Technically, deal. it's the foreplay. <laughs> you know, I, I just. But keep in mind, you're talking like to men about that. They don't really usually know what that is. Blackest Night, you know, as much as it had all the zombies running around and stuff, did it really change as much as Infinite Crisis? And I would say no. So, uh, Infinite Crisis. Okay. As much as I like Blackest Night. Very cool. Sean, Sean, what, what about you? This might actually be the hardest matchup for me of the whole thing, because I love both of these. And both of them really supercharged my fandom, and, and I was excited about both of them and couldn't wait to read each issue as they came out. Infinite Crisis hit my nostalgia buttons, you know, seeing Superman. And, and I, you know, I love that last moment where, where the Earth-1 Superman says to the original Superman, if your world was perfect, it wouldn't have needed a Superman. That's a great line. And then he says it's about action. That's a great line. However, the big bad of Infinite Crisis is Alexander Luther who falls pretty short for me. It's like Peter Brady in a Ronald McDonald wig. I just can't, I can't, I don't know. Thinking about the big bad guys and then thinking about, again, there's the eventiness of all of it, but really thinking about the, the reading experience. I, I think Blackest Night is a little bit better. I'm going to go with Blackest. I'm surprising myself because I actually had Infinite Crisis going really far, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go with Blackest Night. Oh yeah, the big bad of Blackest Night, Necron is well, it's so death, good. You know, it's a skeleton in a in a robe. That's always scary. <laughs> it's Neron with a neck, Necron. <laughs> <laughs> um, with a side order of black hand. Ooh, there you go. Okay, um, pretty uh, 
A, a, a mort. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Oh. All right, Laurel. Laurel, do you are you going to? I said no. No, I said Infinite Crisis. It's got to go it back to Shag. Shag. Yeah, I'm the one yeah. who held back. Oh, okay, yes. All right, Shag. So I, I'm ready for my this crap on me. I'm ready for my close up, Mr. Hicks. Uh, so <laughs> I consulted this really obscure website during my break here called uh, Waiting for Doom, and I looked at the ladder, and I discovered something I had forgotten, which is. Countdown to Infinite Crisis is considered a separate event from Infinite Crisis itself. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, God, the lawyers are here. So, <laughs> if I look at Infinite Crisis and remove Villains United, remove uh, the Ranthanagar War, remove Countdown to Infinite Crisis, and I look at Infinite Crisis on its own, then yeah, I'm going to give it to Blackest Night. I really am. I, I think Blackest Night is a more fun, rollicking adventure. Uh, is it better? I don't know, but I have more fun reading it. So yeah, I'm going to give it to Black as Night, and that makes it a tie, Paul. It's a tie. Okay, well, um, I just want to be loved, so. <laughs> that could go either way, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Super, yeah, Superboy yeah. or The Power of Love, yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to Infinite Crisis, just because I like it more. I'm okay with that. It's more colorful. <laughs> Once again, we should never throw things to Paul. He makes the wrong decision. <laughs> it's his show though so all right infinite crisis progresses to the semi-final no yeah semi-final okay let's go to the other side of the board and we have uh nightfall versus legends and laurel you must have opinions now yes my thought is nightfall is too batman centric where legends is going to be much bigger across the DC. You know, it has all the tie-in issues and everything. So I'm going to go Legends. Ooh, shots fired. Okay, Sean. This is a tough one. Uh, Nightfall resonates. You know, I mean, we get Bane as the big bad of a Batman movie. And, you know, it, it has its importance. It has its moments. Uh, Legends, again, Suicide Squad, it's got so much going for it. I'm going to go with Legends. The only drawback to Legends is it it inspires a new Justice League, which then inspires this really really bad podcast just kidding um it, it, it brings around the the, the Bwahaha podcast which i love uh but i think i think legends just takes it it's it's you know the four color fourth world villains being villainy and mustache twirly and just some beautiful peak john bernard so give it to legends okay and speaking of mustache twirling <laughs> um nightfall as you know i said earlier it's a bit of a mess it's a great plan uh, and it's a great story and a spine but legends is great I, for all the reasons i said earlier it's fantastic it's, it's it's fantastic artwork it's a great story you really get into it and you care about the characters there's there's definite outcomes that come out of it yeah it's, it's a fantastic one though it's legends all the way all right and Cisco, anything to add? Um, I'm still not going to trash Legends at this point because I think uh, I think exactly the same thing as Laurel about which one is you know one is Batman centering, what is more more eventy, uh, and I'm going to leave it to, to Legends this time. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Gadget. <laughs> Let's hear from Shag on Identity Crisis versus Fifty Two. Okay, are you going to shock me? Um. I, I said a lot of things that I like about Identity Crisis last time, and I still stand by those. I really like Identity Crisis as a miniseries, um, not the impact that came later, but I, I, I enjoy it. Uh, horrible things happen, but it makes a good read. Whereas when you come up against 52 and we're talking events, 52 is great. I mean, 52 is like the no man's land that was dropped from this ridiculous 
uh, bracket, 52 was structured incredibly well. The planning, the <laughs> orchestrating that went into it, 52, like no man's land, absolutely deserves to move forward. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cisco. Um, well, again, there's only 52 here that I can see on my sheet, so 52 <laughs> has to move forward. There you go. Perfect. The Mr. Mind stuff, you know, Oolong Island. We didn't, we, you know, we we trashed Countdown as the the bad successor to this one. But if you look at the brain trust, like the people who were writing it, like the four minds mm-hmm. behind 52 versus the four minds, all good writers either way, uh, but they were just so in sync with 52. It's like, like, you look at that list and it's all the best writers, basically, mm-hmm. of that era. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. Uh, Sean. Yeah, I mean it's it's fifty two all the way. It, it just I just want to give a shout out to fifty two. An alligator man eats a kid. I mean that's just going <laughs> on. Oh, <laughs> like I forgot about that. That's, that's, yeah, that's gonna win every time. <laughs> so yeah, fifty two. That is a great shock. That bit. Um. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> Laurel. Yeah, fifty two. Broader across the DC universe involves. Um, Denity Crisis is a little bit smaller in scope, I think. So fifty two. Yep. Cool. All right. Sean Ross, you have the Poison Chalice that is Armageddon 2001 versus DC 1 million. <laughs> Again, two fun sort of archetypal DC events. Uh, you know, it's I like the manic Grant Morrison energy of DC 1 million. I love that it continues the Starman legacy in a very interesting way with the you see what happens when his bloodline and the mist bloodline mix and you get sometimes a hero, sometimes a villain, sometimes both. And I really love the creation of the Our Man legacy, which I think is on par with any other legacy in, in the DC universe. So DC 1 million gets the, gets the win for me. Okay. And Laurel, your turn. I think DC 1 million. I think the main series is good, if, uh, if a little uh, frantic. And like I said earlier, I haven't run into a tie-in that I didn't like. I, I've liked them all so far. So DC 1 million. Yeah, and uh, Cisco, any word on when you're not burnt out anymore? Uh, no, no word on that. Um, here, Armageddon 2001 dropping the ball is going to affect the vote, and DC 1 million uh, would move forward for me. Okay, and just going through the motions, check. Uh, that's that's the, the title of my autobiography. Um, and your sex tape. So it, how... <clears throat> oh, oh, I was waiting for it. So, just waiting wow. for it. So... How funny is it that we're sitting here talking about whether we're going to put forward Armageddon 2001 or DC 1 million to the semifinals? That's ridiculous in and of itself that that's happened this way. But I would have actually voted Armageddon 2001 because DC 1 million doesn't excite me that much. But my vote doesn't matter. Correct. Being in Florida, that's pretty much true anyway. Oh. Oh. It's America's skin tag. And this is coming from a guy in Arizona. In Arizona, I mean, well, yeah, we're yeah. Oh my goodness! We're right there with you. Okay. All right, uh, Cisco, do you want to make the case for invasion against Crisis on Infinite Earths? Uh, sure. I think um, all the good things that I thought about invasion are still true. Uh, whereas Crisis, I didn't even talk about Crisis much earlier. It's just it, it is the the uh, the granddaddy and. Oh man, if it doesn't move forward, I will feel bad. But do I like Crisis on Infinite Earths? I'm not sure I do. Ooh. Great art, tentpole moments, but most of it is sort of 
I don't know. I'm not sure what happens in most of these issues, basically. Um, so if it moves forward, it's just based on art and seeing like every character, but they, there's very little characterization. You know, it's like, oh, we see this guy, this guy, this guy, uh, and that's it, you know, basically. Um, I always found it confusing originally as well. Look, I'm going to vote Invasion. That's my show. That was my show. That was my event, let's say. Um, and uh, I fully expect to lose. Okay, Shag. So we'll, we'll hear from someone with a different type of crazy. Uh, I'll follow up uh, <laughs> with saying that was that was the biggest apology for a vote I've ever heard, Siskoid. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I completely completely oppose everyone who has ever said crisis was too confusing because i was all of what 13 years old i the only dc comic i'd ever really followed was firestorm and i dove into crisis on issue six and issue uh eight not knowing anything and i figured it out now i i did scroll down little sheets of paper with all the different earths and who was where but i figured it out and so it is not too crazy a kid can jump in there and still love it crisis is absolutely going to get my vote Invasion's great. Don't, don't get me wrong, but Crisis is it's it's a the first major miniseries like that DC ever did. It, it, we've already complimented the art. The story it once you, you you do have to look at it as a you, as a macro level to understand what's happening. You you either get involved in every battle and enjoy it, or you look at the macro level and go, oh, here's all the people that are moving the pieces around. It's a great story. Are there flaws? Probably. I can't see them. So Crisis. And I'm, as I stare at the, my five or six foot long poster on my wall done by George Perez and Alex Ross of Crisis at this exact second. Okay. Uh, Laurel. Crisis on Infinite Earths, like Shag, I did take notes the first time I read it. But it was more because it was introducing me to people I didn't know. I didn't. I liked that we were introducing this person and that person. And I liked the... Um, franticness of it i guess is the word the the plot is um you know it's the end of the world kind of thing it's not just one world it's every world and everybody's involved and we've got all sorts of little pieces coming together so to me it's crisis uh-huh and uh sean I love hearing about everybody's notes. I think it's cool. Like, I, I can't wait till the Tallahassee police bust into your place, Shag, and they're like, we found his manifesto. And they talk about some, somebody named Rock Crin, and, and he hates monitors. And, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun day. Uh, so I, you know, Invasion is, is fun. I, I actually think the Invasion crossovers are far superior to the Red Sky crossovers mm. of Crisis, which I do, do think needs to be mentioned if you're talking about eventiness. The Crisis crossovers are, you know, gen- really just hey look the sky's pink oh let's go on with plot a and b whereas invasion had the the heart of invasion happens in the crossovers having said that i love crisis uh the art is gorgeous it is filled with moments you know supergirl's death barry allen's death even though i was 10 maybe or you know reading that i even i felt the the impact of those deaths and how it was sort of the end of an era and uh still the moment you know, where Jay Garrick tries to use the cosmic treadmill to go to Earth 2 and there's just an abyss. That really sunk into me, the, the, the extent of what they had done. So it's crisis for me. Okay. So. And, and I'm happy about all this. Crisis progresses. So, uh, all right. Uh, we might play another promo and let's take a break. Imagine a podcast that celebrates the things we love. Why spend time being so angry and cynical about our fandoms? Join me, the Irredeemable Shag, for a show where we're just trying to be happy. The Once Upon a Geek Podcast. Our discussions focus on a variety of geeky subjects that we're passionate about. 
While the topics will be ever-changing, our focus will be on science fiction, comic books, what it means to be a geek in this world, and other nostalgia-fueled ideas. Life is short. Focus on the positive. Find your joy. The Once Upon a Geek Podcast, part of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. And now we're back, and we have to continue this this task. So we are up to JLA slash Avengers versus the death of Superman. And uh, Laurel, it's on you again. (laughs) I know you love going first on this one. (laughs) Okay. Well, again, this time I'm flipping to, say, death of Superman. I don't know. Are we considering all the following books as part of that event? Um, Yes. Yes. And the the Justice League League time. Yes. Yeah, then it's Death of Superman because it has all the attachments. It affects the entire DC universe. Like I said, everybody's involved in the the grieving process. We have all those miniseries that, I mean, the um, ongoings of the different Steel and Superboy and all that. So to me, Death of Superman has the impact. Yep. All right. um, Let's move on to Sean. Sean, Death of Superman, (laughs) JLA Avengers. Come on, come on, come on, do it. This is tough. Uh, JLA Avengers, again, we've, we've said it all. It's an amazing book. But Death of Superman, this the, the Death of Superman, the, the image of Lois Lane cradling his dead body might be the most important comic book image of the last 50 years. I, I just, I can't think, I mean, they even just released a 30-year anniversary or whatever year anniversary of it. I just, it you know, the the death itself, the the hoopla around it, the, you know, comic book stores exploding with activity, the news stories, the think pieces, and then more importantly, the great, great, brilliant follow-up. It's still maybe my favorite era of Superman. So it's Death of Superman for me. Death of Superman it is. Okay, Shag. Uh, right. I mean, this is really no contest. It's it's clearly No Man's Land uh, is the winner in this <laughs> Oh, that's how let it, it go. That's how it should have gone. Go. So, all right, uh, right. It's Death Knight, uh, Dark Knight's Metal uh, would be the winner. No, I'm kidding. It's it's Death Superman. <laughs> absolutely. I, as much as I love JLA Avengers, all the reasons I voted against it many times now, I will continue to vote against it and give it uh, to Death of Superman, which is a huge event. And Sean makes a good point about it changed comic books, uh, the the opinion of comic books forever. All right, and Cisco. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, Death of Superman for me as well. You're now going to get another vote for Jail of Adventures. Jail of Adventures for, for me this time. Ooh. I've learned my yeah, lesson. Quit screwing with the format, Siskoid. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, you can only throw so many wrenches before you run out. Yep. All right. Now we're moving on to Final Night versus Infinite Crisis. This, that crisis, not the others. Uh, Final Night, let's hear from Shag first. I do love Final Night, even though I voted for Eclipso more last time. But, you know, I, I do like Final Night quite a bit. But if we're talking about what's going towards uh, the whatever, whatever, quarterfinal? No, I don't even know what kind of, either way, toward moving on. Okay, between Final Night and Infinite Crisis, it's Infinite Crisis. I mean, it's a much bigger sweeping story. Even if we remove the Countdown to Infinite Crisis pieces of it, you know, uh, which I don't want to, but according to your silly ladder we did, uh, it's fine. Infinite Crisis is much more important than Final Crisis, even though there's a lot of stuff in Infinite Crisis I don't like. So, all that to go round and round and round to say Infinite Crisis. Okay. Well done. Good talking. Uh, Cisco. <laughs> uh, this time, I'm going to go with Final Night. I think it comes down to a vision of the DC Universe oh. 
uh, in both cases. And one is about hope, and the other one is cynical. Uh, you know, ripping people's arms off and decapitating them. That that, that wow. violence carried through from the uh, from the crossover or the, the event that dare not speak its name through this um, and f- beyond. You know, to this point, even uh, there's just too much darkness and sadism and uh, gross violence in the DC universe these days. And Infinite Crisis was a building block of that. So. Um, Final night. Ooh, ooh. Okay. You're, right. uh, you're, you you okay. are making me question my vote. I that was a great mm-hmm. argument. <laughs> it really uh, was. Sean, uh, Sean. Uh, so I mean, I was I was really leaning Infinite Crisis. This quite brings up a great argument. There's also the self-contained nature of Final Night, which it makes it a really nice read. Plus, Stuart Eminem. We haven't said enough about mm, the art. Mm-hmm. You know, Eminem is true. Is that's a definitive yeah. artist of of our time, and I love his work. Having said that, if, if you can, if you think of Infinite Crisis as a whole, you know the the build up to it, the minis, you know the event itself, you know, and and I, I just I have to go Infinite Crisis because it it had more, oh my gosh, and you know shocking moments and and you know, but but it's it's a harder call than I thought it would be to be honest with you. I'm gonna go Infinite Crisis, but not by as much as I thought I would. Uh, okay, um, Shag, do you want to tap a sign at this point, or are you gonna let him? Because he said. Look at it as a whole. All right, no, all right, yeah. And I was, I was having a hard time. I'm, I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm feeling a lot of buyer's remorse, but I'm gonna stick to my guns with Infinite Crisis okay. for now. Uh, Laurel. Yeah, I'm going Infinite Crisis because um, I was a lot more anxious to read it. It was changing things um, more than I think. Final night, we sort of knew this was gonna get all reset. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Where Infinite Crisis, I felt like it was taking things apart in ways that they couldn't just easily be put back together in the same format. It was going to have to be, the universe was going to be different on the other side. Okay. Can I ask a quick question? I made the mistake of including the, the build-up, didn't you I? You did. Uh, and you said mm-hmm. it's separate. I'm changing my vote. So I, I think, what is that, 2-2 two, two now? Two, yes, yes. Does anyone else want to freak with their votes and upset me? Uh, I don't. I don't like letting Paul vote after what happened with JLA Avengers. Um, so do we two for Infinite Crisis and two for Final Night? Oh, it's two God. for two. Yeah. Let's let's let Paul take one. I mean, both are good. So yeah. Paul can't really. Okay, mess this up, right? Final Night shouldn't go on, but Final Night is not worthy of going to the, the semifinals. Semifinals. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm sticking with Infinite Crisis. All right, Paul. It's up to you. Um, I'm going to pick Final Night. I like it better. Oh my oh. God. You've no. got to be kidding me! No, this you, is the dumbest thing ever. If great. you look at Final Night, Final Night is a really nice self-contained event. It, it is, in my head, is like that is a perfect event to give to someone and say this is a DC yep. event. Whereas Infinite Crisis, it's it's got like all these severed arteries that go elsewhere on either side. Um, Literally, yeah. And Final Night, Final Night <laughs> is a nice, neat package. Which uh, is also the name of my sex tape. <laughs> what is it with you and the sex tapes? It's, um, it's my. Have you never recorded with a guy before? <laughs> <laughs> she records with Tim Price. It's, he's too polite. Oh, um, right. Okay. okay. I, I do have to say, I, I also am kind of shell shocked because I had Infinite Crisis going through, but but really for me, it comes down to if if the if the buildup is not included, it is cutting out what I think is the heart of that event. The buildup was the beauty. 
the event itself mm-hmm. on its on its own does not stand. So I'm yeah, I'm glad. Final night, let's do it. Let's let's shake the world. I, I'm. <laughs> I, it's crazy that this has happened, but I'm actually okay with it because if it came down to the finals of Infinite, uh, Infinite Crisis in the finals, that would have just been gross. So I, I'm okay with Infinite Crisis getting knocked out of this. So one. you're you're happy for, with the DC One Million final night finals? <laughs> I, I you still remember think Dark that Knight... rage issue? <laughs> <laughs> I still think Dark Knight's Metal could come back. I think it's got a chance. <laughs> Yeah. Why did I, okay. our psychiatrist leave the room? Why, yeah, why, there you go. Why have we been thrown into this with no moderator? Mm. I, didn't, I didn't tell you guys this, but right before we started recording, this weird bug alien stuck its tongue in my neck, and now I have powers. <laughs> my powers to mess up this bracket. All right. Do we have a contest with Legends and 52, uh, Sean? Ooh. Yes. This is hard. The, uh, wow. This, this, things just got real. Okay, Legends, Nostalgia Goggles, I love it. I love that Batman gets taken out by a perfume bottle and can't save Jason Todd. <laughs> Not for the last time. Um, or Jason Todd should have known at that moment that things weren't going to go his way. You know, Glorious Godfrey, Darkseid playing chess with the Phantom Strangers, Superman and Barda filled with porno. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Legends that's really good. But 52 is a, a singular accomplishment and I think has better moments and is more rewarding for its depth and longer read. So I'm actually going to upset myself, and I'm going to go 52. Did you just put the Superman and Bar to make a porno into Legends? I don't think it was technically part of Legends. It's around it there. Not co- it was It's right no, around there. No. <laughs> no. No, it, it's, it's it, it doesn't have anything to do with it. It's, late, it's later. It happens later. Yeah. Or it happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Laurel, save us. You know, when I made a bracket for myself just to be doing, you know, like we do, uh, I had trouble with this one. I actually had to scratch it out a few times to try to decide because, I don't know, It 52 is its own little thing. You know, it's not like we have tie-ins all over the place. However, it is 52 issues. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was sort of like, well, yeah, but that's like two months worth of if we had every book in the line so i eventually decided in 52 i think it's the superior story so i decided to go with 52 52 okay cisco yeah okay here i will trash legends i'll finally say my piece legends (laughs) all right legends is a bunch of disparate stories kind of cobbled together it my big problem with legends was always that it was trying to do the popular thing that Marvel was doing. It was trying to create mutant hysteria for heroes mm-hmm. in the DC universe because they don't have mutants. So it's essentially, I'm just reading some X-Men stories where the population is against superheroes absurdly, really, because there's not they're not any kind of homogenous group uh, in the same way that mutants are in the, in the Marvel universe. So that always rankled with me. And when I look at its legacy, like, like Suicide Squad, like JLI... Those things don't really need Legends to happen. They just happen to premiere within Legends or, you know, it's it's just like the books that are going to come out of it. But you could have done those books without Legends. There's no real reason why the Legends sort of inspired them in any way. If we'd have gotten like a fourth world book or something, yeah, sure. Those books? Not really. So I feel like Legends is a lot of, it's a lot of hot air. It's not what it's cracked up to be. 
Um, so I'm voting 52 on this one. Whoa. Hold on. Speaking of a lot of hot air. <laughs> this is insanity. <laughs> oh, I am going to try and get some of y'all to change your vote right now, okay? To Legends? Yes, I... No. This was a hard okay, choice. Discord, you can just leave... Go go with the Tim Hortons for a while, Discord. I'll let you know when you can come back. All right, so yeah. every all y'all nut jobs just voted for Final Night saying it was this nice compartmentalized story you could read by, you know, it wasn't too bloated like Infinite Crisis was. 52 is 52 issues long plus the world war three miniseries but it is bloated it is as much as i love the individual storylines it is very bloated compared to something like legends and cisco (laughs) you're full of crap that that all those spin-offs could have happened without legends because i mean sure they could have like but it's not like hitman from uh from bloodlines which was that was just an add-on it was going to happen no matter what whereas the suicide squad and the justice league being broken up are integral parts yeah, of legends that has to be embedded in the plot then the whole idea about the mutant hysteria yeah cuz we haven't seen any examples of crazy f- factions breaking out and becoming an insane popular opinion <laughs> causing friction amongst our country it was 1986 that it was 1986 <laughs> right but but I'm saying that can be that can happen for real. And it, rather than the mutant hysteria happening for no reason other than panic, they had Glorious Godfrey pushing that. They had a crazy, you know, fascist sort of one leader guy pushing this sort of vision. Legends is superior. It is a really good tight story. It, it tells an A to B, you know, from A to Z storyline with Darkseid manipulating everyone, trying to screw up the Earth. It's great. Fifty two is four great stories that aren't really that connected. They're all happening independently. So if you're following four really good independent stories, you're not following one story. And again, it gets really bloated, especially in like the third quarter, where it's it's like racing to the end. So I don't know if any of that made any sense to anybody, but if you're willing to consider it, please consider switching your vote to Legends. I agree that Suicide Squad makes more sense coming out of Legends. Um, Legends may have created Rush Limbaugh, too, now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> I, look, I think 52 is, again, what I said for my argument was it's a longer, it's a deeper, more rewarding story. But that's not fair because it's a 52-issue structure versus six. I'm changing. I'm going Legends. It's a bigger event. Yes! Oh, my I'm lord. I'm going Legends. Because it's always a good idea to let Paul make the decision. Oh, sheesh. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think I think I lost Evan Sir's ring, too. It's, it's, I'm going Legends. Has anyone else? Uh, Laurel, you're not changing? Uh, no, I'm not changing. I think 52 <laughs> is a superior piece of work. Legends is a series of set pieces. I'm sorry, but it doesn't feel that coherent to me. And the tie-in issues are very often, we were, you know, mocking, they're just red skies and that's it. And why did you put the banner on the issue? There's a lot of that in Legends. Oh, Oh, there, there is a lot of that in Legends no, as well. No, there is not Red Sky tie-in. And there may be well, one no, there's two, not Red Skies. Of... Obviously, it's a different thing, but it's like, well, oh, I know, but th- Reagan's talking term. about it on the news, and that's all we get. No, no, no. No. Uh, that's whereas, that's it, a load of crap. And I did not defend 52 because I thought it was like a foregone conclusion. But 52 is celebrating not the A-listers. Yeah, you know. So I think Legends has that going for it as well because the Suicide Squad are just the kind of losers, and a lot of the JLI were not the A team, right? Uh, but Fifty Two is really a celebration of the the also Rans, the B list, and how it they is, can have an impact. It is four great independent stories that they put into one comic. It's essentially an anthology, Ooh, is what Fifty Two is. It is not Ooh. one story. Legends does lead to the death of the first ever JLA member. 
So, yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, Shag, you convinced me. I'm I disagree it's, it's that it's no, four. I, I don't it, yeah. think it's only four stories. I think right, it like goes six. a lot. Right, it's, it's a like lot six. more than that. Yeah, uh, but, but it's okay. But it's not. That's. It's, but that makes it my point. It touches on all different points: the magic people, the science people. The it touches on every point. So I don't think you can argue that it's only four storylines. Well, that, you're, you're you're actually backing me up because I'm saying it's not one story. I, it's two. It's a bunch of various stories. It's not well, you can't read fifty. Fifty two does not tell one story from beginning to end. It tells a bunch of people's stories, and they don't all come together in the end in a logical way. It's just four different writers writing a bunch of different stories. Paul, I well, I've been rehearsing discussions in my head about this, and I, uh, I can argue either way on this. Like I think legends. No, I'll do. Uh, I'll do fifty two first. The degree of difficulty under which fifty two was produced is astounding. And the fact that it actually is coherent and, on top of that, really enjoyable. Um, and the, that, that is a fantastic moment when you realise that Skeets is evil. That is a stunner. That mm-hmm. is, you know, one of my favourite things about it. But, I mean, it, it doesn't have the eventiness of Legends. Like, Legends is the first crossover after in, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. And they are, you know, basically uh, rolling out a new bunch of books through it. It's not, I wouldn't say, it's not like um, New 52 where Flashpoint was just an excuse. It is actually intrinsic that these books came from it. And I love The Suicide Squad. Amanda Waller appears for the first time in the um, crossover. So, uh, you know, and that's a fantastic character who is, you know, still appearing on movies in completely the wrong way um, to this day. (laughs) So I hate this, but I think I'm going to have to say Legends, even though 52 is my favorite. Oh, my goodness. 52 is one of my favorite reads, but I think Legends is a better event. That's a tough one. Let's take a moment to realize that it was over. Legends was even had lost the vote, and yet it was so strong it came back. It did. I'm... It's almost like Blackest Night. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Blackest Night's out, Infinite Crisis is out, but Final Night and Legends is back. One of those is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Feels right. It's okay. No no Man's Land is out. Come on. (laughs) This is what happens in every bracket fight. And I warned Paul in the beginning that this would only lead to heartbreak, that he would only get negative comments after this, that we would get spammed personally, all of us. Don't check your PMs after this comes out for a few weeks because this always happens. It's just, it's just, you don't know what people are thinking. And maybe somebody's favorite is somebody's, you know, the, the most hated and, and this is this is yeah this this is just the answers we get w- with us five yeah. in the room. Sure, this is what happens. Change any of that, and you, you change the answer. Well, yeah, right? if you change the orders too, you know what's yes. up against what in the beginning, that makes a big difference. And, 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 a, and a bracket fight is a perfect example of why you never want a committee to make a decision for yep. you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, as much as I argued for legends, I will say I really like fifty two. Oh, I love fifty two. So. But yeah. when I put the two against each other, I have to vote with my, my, my strong feeling. Yeah. And I convinced all of y'all. I used my Gilbert Godfrey powers to convince all of y'all. <laughs> no, to well, I'm going to change right my vote if Shag thinks that he convinced me. Because I don't want... <laughs> uh, I mean, no. Paul, through his wisdom, guided us to a, to a decision. 
you, you don't have any influence or power, Shag. I just want you to know that. Um, all right, now we are down to DC 1 million versus Crisis on Infinite Earths. Ciscoid, what do you say? Uh, well, I've been going back and forth about Crisis since uh, since we began. Um, and this time I'm gonna, I am going to vote for Crisis. <laughs> I think uh, earlier I was saying, well, I don't like the story that much, etc., uh, and there's an awful lot of red skies, except red skies are iconic now. And a lot of the stuff that happens in Crisis is iconic. And the most important thing that comes out of it, uh, while I was, you know, while you guys are talking, is the merging of all the Earths into the one, creating that legacy aspect of the post-Crisis DC universe. And that, the post-Crisis DC universe for me is my DC universe, the one where the JSA and the All-Star Squadron you know, existed in the 40s, and uh, the, the, the heroes we're looking at now are the second wave, the second age of heroes, etc. cetera. Uh, so a Crisis did all that. You know, before that, it would have all have been separate. Um, and I love that legacy aspect that there's, you know, that, that, that the, the hero lines continue, etc. cetera. So there, there's no equivalent in uh, DC 1 million. Crisis for me this time. Okay, Shaq. I don't think I've ever said these words in my life, but what Cisco just said was beautiful and uh, <laughs> echoed exactly what I feel. So, crisis. Okay, Laurel. Yeah, as much as I like DC 1 million, it just doesn't have the same impact. Um, obviously, I don't think that it's possible to have a bigger impact than to collapse the whole DC universe and change its whole direction. So, crisis. And Sean Ross. I think uh, it's it's going to be crisis, but I I also the legacy of of create you know collapsing everything down to one universe, which I love too. Like Ciscoid, I, I'm post crisis DC is my favorite. It also starts the practice of DC collapsing its universes and opening its universes and collapsing. I mean, it's you know <laughs> it's a it's an every other month you know reboot. So so there is a, a negative to that, but it is I mean it's, DC one million is fun. Crisis is important. So, Crisis. Could you imagine if this had come down to Crisis versus Kingdom Come? Which is what could have happened in this bracket. That would have been interesting. It's still Crisis. <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's what I actually had the, the bigger question is, if what if it had been Crisis versus Armageddon 2001? <laughs> that would have been... <laughs> wrestling, we'd have been wrestling with that for hours. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that it took longer for us to make the Crisis versus uh, Invasion decision than it did for Crisis versus some, anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, this is a weird process. <laughs> All right, so Crisis on Infinite Earths progresses. We'll do another promo and um, people go number two, see if they didn't do that before. <laughs> to confront the ultimate killers, I must construct the ultimate alias. Hey, who is that lady? I think she could fly. To combat the murderers who destroy my family, crush my own life on their way to consuming everything. I must become a greater, more fearsome destroyer. Hey, mess of my kill this lady. To track down the animals who prey on the innocent, I must stalk them first. I am no longer their quarry. I am the Huntress. You can listen to the Huntress Podcast online at thehuntresspodcast.com, at Apple Podcasts, Go to Twitter at Huntress Podcast. And again, this shares a feed with 
the Bad Girl Cassandra Kane podcast. Cheers. And we are back and we are now at the round, which is the semifinals. So this is where it all comes down. Four events enter, uh, two events leave. Uh, almost did the action film face-off promo. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So on one side, we have the death of Superman versus uh, the little event that could the final night. Uh, <laughs> then we have uh, Bizarrely Legends and we have Crisis on Infinite Earths. What's going to happen? I have no idea. I'm just the guy running this. Uh, unless it comes down to me making a choice. Uh, all right. So uh, uh, Laurel. Let's hear your opinion on the death of Superman versus Final Night. Are you going to shock me? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I didn't think Final Night should have made it this far. Anyway, mine was going to be... I had in my little thing Death of Superman and Infinite Crisis, which would have been tricky. This, on the other hand, I don't find tricky. I, I would go Death of Superman. It's just a bigger deal. Final Night, you know, we're saying it's contained. Well, that's great, but... If that doesn't impact the rest of the universe, how big of an event was it? A well-reasoned argument there from Laurel. So, Sean, what do you say? So, Final Night does impact the universe. Each of the series has their own, like, one or two issues that deals with it. They're all really good. I love... I actually really do like that you called it the little event that could because over the years when I've talked to people who are, you know, collectors, oh, what are your favorite events? It's, it's one of the first ones I bring up as a, hey, this is under the radar, but this is a really great one. But, at the, but it always starts with this is under the radar, and there's a reason it's under the radar. So I like that it got this far because I do think it deserves a spotlight, but it, it doesn't – it can't, uh, pardon the pun, hold a candle to the death of Superman. Uh, I mean, there's just too much good in there. It's It sets the tone for the Superman books for you know, to, to this day and uh, just has too many dominant images, dominant memories. I still love the fact that it's Pa Kent. You know, who has a heart attack and has his spirit meets Clark's, and that's what brings him, helps bring him back. So I'm going to go Death of Superman. Okay, uh, Shag, do you want to drop a grenade into the ball pit? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's funny. You know, you mentioned Final Night being the, the little event that could. It is amazing that Final Night beat out, you know, or got ahead of Infinite Crisis and Blackest Night because those are two major powerhouse events that I really thought one of those would end up you know, getting close to the finals. Uh, so final night, it, it's a triumph. It's such a small event that we all got behind and rallied behind. So that's great. Uh, Death of Superman, uh, it, it has to win. Okay, against the two. This should be No Man's Land, by the way. I, I don't mean to keep beating <laughs> that drum, but No Man's Land was supposed to go to the finals, well, guys. So You're actually, crazy. Let me, let me ask you a question. You you really Change your voted, vote. Change your vote. You would have, <laughs> no, no, you would have voted No Man's Land over Death of Superman? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I see. I wouldn't have. I, 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 I don't disagree that No Man's Land could have gotten farther. I think Blackest Night. I had it going from this bracket uh, to you know really far, and you guys screwed that up with Infinite Crisis. But uh, I, I, I couldn't. No Man's Land. As much as I love it, Death of Superman is uh, is bigger. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, so but Death of Superman definitely beats Final Night. So I, I'm over here just going talking, playing what ifs. You know, sorry, it's Death of Superman. Uh, Cisco. Yeah, but one of the things that could have killed death of Superman is that it is simple. It could be considered a Superman story and the same way that we shut, we shut down Batman only stories or, you know, um, it could have been shut down before. What we didn't mention is how death of Superman has ramifications beyond the Superman books. The destruction of coast city leads to Hal Jordan losing his mind. And that leads us actually into um, zero hour, and from zero hour, final night, 
because that's his redemption arc. Mm-hmm. That's where, he, you know, that, that is the, the big thing that happens in Final Night is that Parallax, Hal Jordan, um, saves, saves Earth uh, and his own soul. You know, and from there he'll go. So that is the continuum there that exists between Death of Superman and all these other events. In other words, it is a key piece of the DC universe in that era. Um, and um, and yeah, I think that um, it still deserves to be on this list. I guess it's going to the finals. So um, I'm I'm surprised it's there because it is such a. Uh, I mean, on the surface of it, it seems like a Superman-centric story and not a a line-wide event, except it did touch the hearts of all the other heroes and characters. So I'm glad to see it move forward to the finals. Uh, Yep, I I concur. And I I would actually float that the heel turn of the cyborg Superman was a stunner when it happened. It was a great moment. Um, Okay, death of Superman through to the finals. So, all right, now we're, this is, well, let's see what happens. I'm not going to, I can't predict things. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. I've just realized this is all invalid because we have left off Stanley Presents from these. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. well, let's start over. All right. <laughs> In fact, I forgot to do an episode about that. <laughs> I saw that you purposely didn't put Genesis on because you knew it would sail all the way through. So. <laughs> I was thinking Genesis or Salvation Run could own this thing, but all right, whatever. I was on both of those episodes because Paul hates me. <laughs> Were you really on the Genesis episode? Yeah, oh, I was the semi soul. on that episode. It was. It haunts me to this day. Oh wow, that's oh, so bad. Uh, okay, so yeah, on the other side, let's do Legends versus Crisis on Infinite Earths. And Shag, I would like you to talk first. Absolutely. This is an interesting matchup. You know, it, it's basically the first crossover and the second crossover. The DC, or event, I should say, the DC really was well known for. And Legends is, you know, half the length. Uh, maybe not if you count the crossovers. But it, it's it's the half the length of it. And it is a more compact, more straightforward story than Crisis. Like, if you're struggling with, you know, maybe Crisis is too confusing, which I don't think is the case. But if you are, Legends would be a good alternative. Legends is something I think you can put in the hands of a lot of people that aren't terribly familiar with DC, and I think they could still enjoy it. However, regardless of Siskoi's <laughs> insanity that he's going to ramble about, you know, whatever. Uh, it, Legends is a solid story which def- absolutely deserves to be in the semifinals. So, but with that said, uh, Crisis is the granddaddy of them all. It, again, with the art. The macro level story, the micro level in interactions with the characters, the excitement, you know, the, the creating of the post-crisis universe, which is so important. The, you, the, the Jay Garrick moment you mentioned, Sean, I mean, there's so many amazing things in crisis. I mean, panels are burned into my brain and will be forever because it was that big of a deal. So it, it's going to be crisis, but boy, Legends, you gave, it a, you gave it a good run for its money. Okay. Let's hear from Cisco. A very easily crisis, obviously, since uh, <laughs> I, I'm a Legends denier. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, but, but yeah, you've got, I mean, the, that, the, the image of Supergirl in Superman's arms, the, the uh, Barry Allen's sacrifice, which for a long while seemed to be the one big hero death that was going to stick. Uh, a lot of this stuff... Even even the, uh, the 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 other series when they tied in, it wasn't just you know red skies. I mean, I'm thinking 
All-Star Squadron obviously was going to be affected, um, and it wasn't affected for the, the betterment of that series, but um, you get the Monster Society of Evil in there, you know, crossovers between worlds happening thanks to Crisis, which was, uh, you know, pretty cool at the time as well. So, no, Crisis, um, even the iconography they still use in the DC Universe today uh, harks back to that that seminal crossover series. It goes forward for me. Fantastic. Okay, um, let's hear from Sean. So to kind of piggyback on Siskoid, you know, Crisis is an event that echoes forwards and backwards, right? Because we have the Crisis on Earth C, Crisis on Earth Two, all, all those little crossovers in the, right. the old school JLA, and then they pick up on that nomenclature, and you have the big Crisis, which is you know picking up on all of those multiple Earth ideas. Uh, you know, the, there's so many moments in Crisis, the death of Supergirl, and you know the art is transcendent. The fact that Perez includes every character ever from the DC universe in that mini is amazing you know again you could argue that it's not for the best um you know the the argument for having crisis was that the multiple worlds was confusing i was never confused by it and i was a little kid and it's you know the same thing they the argument they made when they did the new 52 and i felt like a you know old man yelling at clouds when new 52 happened the way that i'm sure people felt during crisis who had been collecting for years and so you know for some people crisis is maybe their jumping off point for dc but for me, post-crisis universe is the DC universe. It's my favorite version of it. I love it. I'm not going to shortchange Legends because I think Legends is a really important book. I think the end of the Justice League, the DeMatteis and Luke McDonald do a brilliant four-issue arc to wrap up the Justice League. I think it helps spark you know, the, the bright and shiny DC universe to come. I think, Shag, you've said it before, 1987 is maybe the greatest year you know, in, mm-hmm. in DC Comics history, and that's Legends. You know, that's been part because of that. So Legends is a strong contender. These were the two in my final bracket, but Crisis gets the nod. And Laurel, any dissenting opinion? I, I don't, yeah, no, I don't have much that I can add. I think everybody's made the arguments to me. This is, you know, the event that does all the other events. It's where we start here. So to me, Crisis is, is the big one. Okay. All right. Crisis goes through. And uh, I'll quickly bring Mike back and we're going to draw the prize before we go to the final. So I have three wonderful Nicholas Scott prints. Um, you know, the ones with the standing class of uh, Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. So if uh, we have six entries, I've got the names written down here. So Mike, uh, give me a number between one and six on your dice. Go. Number one. Number one. Mo Walker, you have won one of these. Yay! Hooray! Yay! Woo. All right. Hi, Mo. Roll, um, could you remove one from the dice and roll again? <laughs> uh, it's not a transformer die. Hang on. Uh, four. Four. Michael Bailey. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Wonder which one he might want. I'll give him the Wonder Woman one, I think. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Perfect. Okay, and one more, and uh, yeah, scratch off number four as well, and roll again, okay. please, Michael. Number six. Number six, Moby. Hey. Whoa. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Making electronic well music and winning Nicholas Scott Prince. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. We are all old enough to get that reference. <laughs> yes. No yes, we are. Is that really who it is? Oh, wow. <laughs> no. He's a big fan. 
Okay, thanks. Thanks for that, Mike. Thank you. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll move on. Okay, now we're through to the the final final. Is that what we call it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The final, yeah. Final crisis. Almost the final crisis. There you if go, you see? Oh, yes. So, the final. So, we have, on one side, the death of Superman. Underrated, unheard of, maybe, but it's made it. <laughs> the, plucky can, the plucky underdog. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is uh, just obscure. Like, what is it? Um, who knows? Maybe some of us have read it. Maybe we're pretending. Anyway, let's... <laughs> do the final vote so on this one i want sean to go first death of superman crisis on infinite earths name your poison so this i think is is very appropriate i actually think for as much consternation as we had we did a great job because crisis ends the 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 pre-crisis universe it ends brings the silver age to an end the bronze age to an end i mean it really is a formal closing and a a new era it's a hard line in the sand and I would argue that Death of Superman is the seminal moment of the post-crisis universe. That it is actually the definitive moment of the post-crisis universe. And Siskoi drew the tendrils, right? Coast City, it goes to, you know, Zero Hour, goes to Judgment Day where Hal becomes the Spectre. It goes to, you know, Final Night. It goes to Blackest Night. Pretty much anything that happens in the DC universe has some sort of origin you know, or even just thematically in the death of Superman. Death of Superman is so successful that they do Nightfall and they do, you know, all of these other, you know, recreations. And we that's what we love most about the DC universe, right? Is legacy. And so I think this is an appropriate bout. I think this final and it's actually really challenging for me because I think both events are so important. I think Death of Superman is more personal in some ways because it is focused on one character, though if you focus on Superman and you are technically focusing on the DC universe. And Crisis is just so big in scope and, and impact. And I'm really struggling. I, I will be fine if either of these win, and I'll be upset when one of them wins. I think given the two, I'm going to go with Death of Superman. I, I think it's the definitive moment in the post-Crisis DC universe. I think it creates, I think it cements the idea of legacy in a very real way. It creates the Superman family that we know today and that we love. And I think anything that happens to Superman in the microcosm is representative of the macrocosm of DC. I, I, I could easily have voted crisis, but I'm going to go with death of Superman. Wow. Well, as we consider the tendrils of his consternation on his nomenclature, let's go to <laughs> Laurel. Oh my, I, I agree. This is a, this is tough. Because the arguments that have been made are really good for Death of Superman impacting, you know, the legacy of the entire DC Universe spinning out of it wasn't something I really would have put together. I was thinking um, more crossed how everybody grieved at the death of Superman and how much it spawned. But I wouldn't have gone forward through um, so many other events like the... um, Hal Jordan becoming Parallax in the final night and everything, how that would spin out of this. It, that, you know, and the argument that this is what establishes a lot of future, the way future events are done. But to me, Crisis is still the big event. It is the, you know, it is the big turning point. Uh, it's interesting, Sean, when you were talking and you said this is the um, event of the post-Crisis universe. Well, right there we're saying it's the Mm post-crisis so crisis is the pivot point it's a good point 
So I said it was the granddaddy of them all when we started. So I was curious to see if we'd end up with something different. But in my bracket, this is what I had. Wow. Okay. Uh, Cisco, this falls for you now. Um, It might or it might not. But um, (laughs) no, I mean, Sean is without a doubt the smartest among us. Um, Hey. That's fair. That's fair. I resemble that remark. No, I, I think that, I think that's fair um, because he really shook me here using even my own arguments against me in what I was going to be going. You know, it's like it's pretty obvious it's going to be crisis, um, but uh, you made me think, and um, I I'm probably still going to vote crisis because I think Laurel said it. It's it is the post crisis. We don't say the post death. Mm-hmm. universe uh it has I, I think it is the epitome i think you're absolutely right it's the epitome of that era uh a story of dark of 90s darkness but also of hope because if you hang your if you hang your your universe on superman rather than batman dc then you're gonna get uh hope in that universe and i think you know superman's resurrection uh, is about that or people's reactions and trying to fill the, the void that he left, mm-hmm. all of that was about hope. It wasn't about the darkness of that event. So, to me, it, it is a the, a great moment in the in DC history at that moment. But that DC history is the product of Crisis on Infinite Earths, and the same way that Death of Superman spawned Nightfall and Artemis, and I mean, they weren't all successful changeovers <laughs> We're not necessarily winners. no not all but but crisis did spawn every other crisis later which again can be considered a negative but mm-hmm. <laughs> i agree but it still becomes a template and it's it's like but at the same time it was pulling from just like you said it was pulling from all those jla jsa stories you know, it's like we're using our history to move our history forward um so that's that's kind of brilliant when you think about it so uh I am still going with Crisis. I am going with Crisis. All right. Uh, Shag, do you want to have a say at this point? Of course I do. I love to hear myself talk. So uh, (laughs) if you think about it, it's interesting putting Crisis versus Death of Superman against each other because I think a lot of your own fandom would would depend on when you came to DC Comics. You know, we're of a certain age. uh, Well, some of us are. And Crisis was pretty formative in our early Mm -hmm. reading. Uh, not all of us, to be fair. But anyway, uh, and so Crisis is like our favorite because it's you know it's what we found when we were the right age. Whereas there's people who were born after us where Death of Superman was the right age for them, and it's probably the best crossover they've ever read for them, and that's totally valid. You know that is a big point. Um, my answer is going to be Crisis. Make no make no mistake. I am all of that certain age, but I'm going to try and change Sean's opinion. So. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, Sean, yes, Superman was a turning point. And, I'm, by the way, Michael Bailey is going to scratch me off his Christmas card list at this point. <laughs> so, Death of Superman is a turning point for the DC Universe. And all the positives you said. But think about the negatives that came with it. Death of Superman, as far as I'm concerned, really began DC's drive to make the 90s extreme. Like, when they finally woke up and went, ooh, we can be extreme, too. The long hair. The murdering of millions of people. In California, the fact that DC learned all the wrong lessons from Death of Superman, mm. instead of making their neck the line about hope, they made their line about sensationalism, about die cut covers, about poly bags. The Death of Superman leads negatively 
to Nightfall, to Artemis, to Kyle Rayner, even though I love Kyle Rayner, all those things happened because they were chasing the dragon. They were, you know, they were, they were saying, "Oh well, that made us a lot of money. Let's find the next one. Let's find the next one." And it started DC on a dark path that you know DC tends to do anyway. So I, I not only vote for Crisis, I'm voting against Death of Superman for that reason. Yeah, Sean, I, I, what I, about you? I appreciate that argument. You're, you're, um, you, Jane, Jane, you ignorant slut. You are so wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is the thing you are missing is the S stands for hope. That the underscore of all of this. If it's just the death of Superman, then you're right. It's darkity dark dark. But that was never the whole story, and it was never the story they were telling. The story was the entirety of the DC Universe losing their symbol of hope, losing their greatest hero, losing the hero that defines, and America and, and the world losing that hero as well. And then each of us searching for the Superman inside of us, people stepping in to try to fill his shoes, some more successful than others, you know, the, the bibbo of it all to, to get really in the weeds. <laughs> but then it's the, it's the Superman coming back, and it's, it's that others tried to fill his shoes, and he comes back, and he comes back because of love. He comes back because of the love of his father. He comes back for the love of Lois. He comes back for the love of, of people and helping and he comes back and, and is returned to hope. And it's funny because we try to write the 90s off as, as extreme and darkity dark dark. DC is not as guilty of that as Marvel. Uh, if you really look at the 90s in DC, yes, there are pockets. But DC, the 90s of DC is also the DC of Starman. And the Tom Payer, uh, it's a Tom Payer Hourman series. It's Wade and Augustine on The Flash. It's There are a lot of really hopeful books at DC at this time. A lot of bright, shiny, four-color books. where And Superman is, is the through line from there. It's, it's Superman is hope, and Superman is the, the character who is so important and strong that not only can he transcend death, he transcends death because of love. And I know that's cheesy, but it's but it's important, and it is what sometimes separates DC from the rest of like from Marvel or other companies. So for me, where crisis is in fact a crisis, and the heroes are are killed and people die, and there, there's a lot of heroic moments. Crisis doesn't end on hope, where the death of Superman is really misnamed. It should be called the rebirth of Superman. It's a rebirth of hope. So for those of you who've been arguing this whole time about the DC universe, you prefer. I think you prefer the death of Superman over Crisis. Wow. You really are good at this, Sean. <laughs> oh, he's good. I, I'm telling you, he's the smartest one here. But hey. um, if any of us change our vote, it goes to Paul, so might not risk it. <laughs> oh, come on, have the courage of your convictions. What is the risk here? The S, the S stands have, for the hope. have the courage of your convictions, you mean? <laughs> yeah, that is what I meant, yeah. The courage of my convictions. <laughs> So, I mean, everyone, we've been talking for 20 minutes, and I, I haven't got any votes written down now. I don't know. It's so, three, to, what? three for Crisis, one for Death of Superman. Yeah, But yes. your vote counts twice, because you're the king of Australia. <laughs> 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 Too right. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I guess Crisis on Infinite Earths wins. And a... How would you have voted, Paul? Um... Probably my head would say crisis and my heart would say death of Superman, nice. but only because of everything that happens after the death of Superman, not the actual death of Superman, which I think is the weakest part of the death of Superman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is, is there any anything on this bracket, let's say that they were not they were shuffled, is there anything on this bracket you anyone thinks would have beat crisis in the end? 
Uh, well, obviously, Death of Superman well, for see, Sean. See, I, I, I thought if we were considering the build-up to Infinite Crisis and Infinite Crisis, because the whole line built up in a different yeah. way, where Crisis was sort of happening for a while before everybody got involved. But since you're separating the two, then no. So you, you would have voted Infinite Crisis over Crisis on Infinite Earth? I yeah. I think I would have, yes, because of, like I said, the involvement across the all the different... Uh, the build-up, you know, that was part of the, the big deal of it. But if we're not con- the build-up's not counting, then, yeah, Infinite Crisis then goes down a notch, and then it's going to be Crisis, because I think it's the more powerful individual story if you're just doing um, the the main series, you know, the miniseries. Interesting. I, I think even if you included the countdown part of it with it, which is probably what the spirit of this bracket's supposed to be, uh, I, I still don't think it would have mm-hmm. been a beat. you got to remember... I- I came to Crisis way later. Right. I mean, I wasn't reading comics, yeah. you know, until 1994. You were the generation I was talking about that came to it later. So I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the event that I followed yeah. was the other one. No, that makes sense. It really does. And I'm not I criticizing mean, it's not that tr- I'm not criticizing because, like I said, Crisis, to, you know, it, the way this panned out, it is the pivot point. Well, and, and I'm not trying to diminish your choice of Infinite Crisis because I think that it's very valid for people who came at DC a different way. But I think it really is. To me, it's I think it's the only one. And because it's born of Crisis, we could argue that Crisis beats it anyway. There's mm. no Infinite Crisis without Crisis yeah. on Infinite yeah. Earths. So. Had Infinite Crisis made it, even with all the prelude, I, I would have gone Crisis on Infinite yeah. Earths. The only thing that would have upset for me was Silver Blade, just, you know, <laughs> or Sonic Disruptors, or No Man's Land, Spanner Galaxy. <laughs> That's what I was trying blast. to get in earlier. Is yes, I think No Man's Land. Even though I would have voted Crisis myself, I think No Man's Land was for me. I think that's the only one on the table who was a intelligent enough crossover that it, it could have given a run for his money. And I also <laughs> think it, it's it again. I, I do I do really believe for all of our back and forth, we ended up with the right final two. I feel like we really did. I think it's I think it's the definitive moment of the '80s, the definitive moment of the '90s, you know, and then and then in the you know making it just short were the definitive moments of the 2000s in Infinite Crisis and Blackest Night. And 52. so not Kingdom Come, huh? Okay. All right, so I will leave you all with one final question. What do you feel like rereading after the, doing this process? So, uh, Cisco. Um, reread or first read, really. You know, there's a lot of stuff here that we yeah, maybe okay. read partially. Um, I would, uh, I think 52 is, is one that needs revisiting mm-hmm. because there are so many components to it. Uh, and it is somewhat self-contained within itself. You know, I agree with Shag that when he said earlier that it wasn't, you know, it was like a bunch of stories. It wasn't necessarily an event in the same way that others were crossover events. Um, he was right about that. I can say it now that it's all over. Uh, but <laughs> I think, yeah, I think 52 has been on my list to, to read or reread for a long time. Um, otherwise, I, you know, I think JLA Avengers is always a good read. There's so much in there as well, you know, uh, that uh, you can find new bits or remember new bits as you read it. I think those would be probably my my two main ones. Okay. Laurel? Well, I, I read quite a bit coming into this show, so um, it's going to be probably my standard rereads that I like to reread anyway. Um, I haven't read Dark Knight's Metal in a while, so, you know, I might dig that one out. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody judge me. <laughs> uh, no judgment here. This is a very unjudging group. Yeah, I just found it a lot of fun, and I thought, you know, it's been you know a couple years since I've read it. Maybe I'll pull that one out because 
I've more recently read Kingdom Come and, and Night Quest and um, Bruce Wayne Murderer. And, I, you know, I've read some of these other ones more recently. So that that's the one that's the outlier at the moment. Right. Great. Shay? Uh, Genesis, absolutely. Um, oh. No, uh, I'd, I'd beaten that it horse until it dies. So, uh, believe it or not, Infinite Crisis. Uh, the build-up to Infinite Crisis and Infinite Crisis is the one that mm-hmm. I, I have the biggest itch to read out of all of these, I think, again. It's like, oh, yeah, I really like the build-up of that. It was really good. And I do like some moments in Infinite Crisis quite a bit. Hmm. Okay, and Sean? Uh, I mean, I, this is going to be predictable, but Death of Superman. You know, in, in talking about it so much and really thinking about it, it has made me want to go back and read the aftermath. The, the you know the fight with Doomsday is just you know splash pages, but the the aftermath of it you know that funeral for a friend arc and then the the four you know distinct heroes you know leading to the the rebirth of Superman definitely. Toastmasters and the White Rabbit, yeah, absolutely. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, White Rabbit is a you know steel. That's wasn't she the main villain of like the first two years of oh that my gosh. book or something? <laughs> She's also a pretty good Spider-Man, Frogman villain. Right. So. Yep. Exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. It's a great Marvel team-up issue. <laughs> you know, through this this uh, this chart here, I you know sometimes when I'm listening to the DC OCD episodes, I didn't always read along. And I have to say, some of the ones that you've introduced me to on here, I might want to go track down some of the tie-in issues that I didn't have a chance to look into. Cool, cool. I will throw that out there. Awesome. As, you know, yeah. I, you can uh, search for annuals on the, the app I have learned, so I can go find things. Excellent. Well, I, for one, would like to reread DC 1 million, because it's been a while. I, I mean... 52 is usually something I, I've reread that a few times. So, uh, but DC one million is the one I go, mm, I must have checked that out again. All right. Well, thank you everybody for, for coming along and doing this. This is the end of this season of DC OCD. Um, so we will be back when enough time has passed. And the, you know, I think there are more events coming out from DC. I've, I've heard whispers that there might be some more that we haven't covered yet and more coming. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, who will die first, the DC Universe or me? Let's find out, or this podcast. Um, but either way, thank you everyone for joining me. This has been a epic episode and you know a great way to end this run of DC OCD. And thank you for coming along. Thanks, Thanks for Paul. having Thanks us. For having if me. I have to lose friends, this was the most fun way to do it. <laughs> All right. Um, if you want to send us feedback, uh, waitingfordoom.com has the all our stuff to do with everything to do with this is there, so you can have a look and everything, and leave comments on this episode. Uh, your, you know, your bitter thoughts or your, you know, pats on the back. Um, <laughs> I think there's enough uh, blame to go around for everyone. I mean, that's one of the beauties of doing this show is I'm not entirely to blame for every score on the chart, and I'm not entirely to blame for anything on this. So. You know, thank you, everybody, and we'll be back with more DCOCD. But in the meantime, check out Waiting for Doom and The Gary Show and Dial F for Flanger. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye.